Hi, I'm Jim. And I'm David. And this is the Practical Guitarist Podcast. The podcast for people who eat, sleep, and breathe guitar. The Practical Guitarist Podcast is brought to you by Great Lakes Guitar Pickups. Great Lakes Guitar Pickups provides fantasy tones at prices of practical guitars to the world. Featuring top-notch construction, attention to detail, and a fully custom product, if you can dream it, Great Lakes Guitar Pickups can probably build it. Follow them on Facebook at facebook.com slash Pickups. Are you a regular listener? Why not? David here reminding you of all the ways you can participate in the Practical Guitars Podcast. Subscribe using your chosen podcast app. Review us on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or Google Play. Find our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash practical guitars or on Twitter as at practguitarist. Support the show. Merchandise is available in our Threadless store at practicalguitarspodcast.threadless.com and donate to us via Patreon available at patreon.com slash practicalguitarist. Reach out to us directly via email at questions at practicalguitarist.com. Hi, Jim. Hi, David. Hi, Jeff. <laughs> Hi, Hi, Robert. Hi, guys. Robert. Robert hey, now can introduce themselves. Uh, apparently, uh, apparently, Jim forgot how to improvise. Um, <laughs> I didn't forget how to improvise. I said, "Hi." <laughs> yeah, you said the wrong person. Oh yeah, that's right. Let's go round table. All right, let's All right. try that again. No, no, ready? No, no, let's try it again. Crockett, man. Go. Hi, hi, Jim. Hi, Jim. Hi, hi, Robert. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Jeff. I'm going to just mess Hello. up. <laughs> this just got All right. real awkward real quick. Yeah, it already is awkward, man. It already is. Hey, it's not any awkward than you sitting there eating cereal while you're doing the show. Yeah, that was a good one. Jim that didn't tell great. you about what was going to happen. Uh, it, um, it was jambalaya, was, number one. Number two, oh, you guys were already an hour into the show, yeah. and I get a call from Jim and say, hey, man, come yeah. on. You know, yeah, get, we needed you. Know, you. Get, get on the show with us. I'm He's, he's eating jambalaya. Yeah, jambalaya is good. Uncle Jim, what? It was delicious. Um, all right, all right. So, Jeff, you work for Good Time Music in Streamwood, Illinois. Um, I've talked about their store many times on the sh- on the podcast. If you haven't been there and you're in the Chicago area, you should check it out. Um, and then Robert, you work for Musicians Friend, and then mm-hmm. of course, Jim, you work for for the Evil Empire. Uh, Guitar yep i was an assistant manager at one of the stores for six years yeah yeah so, um i have I was seen at a Center. lot today <laughs> yeah and we're gonna do some horror stories <laughs> man I, so i i don't work at any of these places but i hang out in them enough that i see stuff that goes on but um i can't imagine what you guys see I know some of the stuff Jeff's seen, and I won't talk about it on the show, but like I've been there when some things have happened where I'm just like, for real. <laughs> yeah, some fun stuff. <laughs> it's, yeah. like that's, it's like that scene in that movie. I've seen some stuff and I've done I, some things. I really feel like I have PTSD from like being in music stores and oh, yeah. go down. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we this all came out of uh we were in the facebook group somebody made a comment about something and then we just decided to have uh, a retailer summit on the on the show yep. um 
So, Jim, do you want to do your uh, you want to do your your segment? Yeah, and I think it'll be fun to have the other guys jump in because I'm sure that they've got similar stuff going that has happened I, to them. I had a great name for this segment, and now I can't remember it. I oh wait, because I said it was Tales from Guitar Center, and you said it was uh, it was something else. It was know. better. It was a better name. I don't know. I'll All right, you'll come up. With it. You'll come up with it. You'll name the the whole show that. Yeah, probably. Um. Anyway, so. Uh, the other day, I uh, we have this kiosk, right? As you walk in, yeah, you have the being this big thing that it is, we have this little round kiosk where you can grab cards of different of different places to go. So gift somebody cards. walks up to me, gift cards. So somebody had walked up to me with a Guitar Center gift card. I thought nothing of it. I sold it to them. So they walk up, and Robert, you know the back end, the POS POS that we have, right? So somebody else walks up to me with a Home Depot card. They put it in front of me, and I thought it was a joke, and I went. I looked at it like, can't use that here. And then the person said, no, we're trying to buy it. And I said, did you bring that from Home Depot? <laughs> and they just laughed. They said, no, we saw you out of the door and we thought we'd pick it up. I'm like, did you see that from Virginia Beach Boulevard going 45 miles an hour past us? I mean, how did you possibly see that? Why would you come to Guitar Center to buy a Home Depot card? That's what I'm thinking. Well, there's a Home Depot right up the street, right? So anyway. Um, I take the Home Depot card and I try to sell it the way a Guitar Center card would be sold. Well, I couldn't sell it, couldn't sell it. We had another guy come over. We had another person come over. We had another person come over. I had an assistant manager come over. Didn't Nobody knew how to sell this card. We had never, none of us had ever sold this card. You don't still, Finally, just, you don't still just scan the back of them like you used to? That's how the it, AOM. Yeah, the AOM comes over and he goes, he goes, oh, you put issued in it? And I said, yeah. And he goes, oh, no, you with yeah, these, you I just scan the back and then scan, scan the, the back card. Off you go. And so he goes, he goes, uh, so we don't, so instead of having to refund the woman and then get it back and then have her buy it again, which means she'd be out hundred bucks until her card got this reissued. Is the, this is the best part. To this part. We sold her a guitar center, $50 guitar center card, and then <laughs> used the guitar center card to buy the own default. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I have, I have gone back into my old store a few times. And, uh, you, well, I mean, I've, I've gone back in there, you know, quite a bit since I, you know, since I left, but here over the last year, as a matter of fact, it was, it was about this time last year, because I had ordered a, uh, you know, was, I had ordered a, uh, it was a Sennheiser E945. It was a new microphone. Okay. It was a, you know, I want to get my wife a really, really nice vocal microphone. Um, you know, that was her, uh, birthday or Christmas present. I can't remember which. <clears throat> and. I think it was Christmas. Anyway, so I go in there. Well, you know, it, it was sourced out of store uh, 112, which is La Mesa, right. San Diego store. You know, so right. it, didn't, it didn't come out of the warehouse. So I get it. I, you open up the box and, uh, you know, and I look it up. And sure enough, it's a 935, not a 945. You know, <laughs> but the invoice, you know, you know, but the invoice says, you know, the invoice is correct. You know, my email confirmation, everything is correct, but I'm holding the wrong microphone. So. You know, whoever it was that shipped out the store grabbed the wrong one, obviously. Um, and, you know, and that's like a, you know, difference of like 80 bucks or something. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I had, uh, so I don't remember if it was Guitar Center or Musician's Friend. I had a similar thing and they sent me the wrong case three times. <laughs> well, that was probably a, uh, uh, that was probably a slotting issue at the warehouse. And I'll, it absolutely yeah. was. Yeah. So, so, you know, so anyway, to straighten this out, you know, I, I talked to my, uh, you know, my, my manager at, musician's friend 
you know, I said, do what, you know, employee purchase, you want the best way to handle this. He said, honestly, just, you know, you're better off just exchanging the store. So, you know, so I was able to look it up, you know, my, my old store happened to have one. So I went down there and, uh, you know, the only manager on duty that night was a gal that they had just hired in externally. Oh, from, no. You know, yeah. <laughs> from, uh, you know, nice gal. I don't, you know, she, very nice gal. You know, but Jim, oh, you, yeah, yeah. you know how hard those systems are to, you know, oh, yes. navigate. And try That's to why I'm saying she's new. That's what I'm like. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and this time of year, it makes it even worse. So, you know, they had one. And, you know, she's, you know, she was sitting there trying to figure out how to do this. And this. I said, okay, well, here's how, here's how we did it when I was, you know, an AM. So I taught her, you know, do the return, put the credit on a gift card, and then use the gift card to, you know, yep. to correct the inventory, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, but if it were, if it were anybody else that didn't know the tricks of that back end system, they would have walked out of there pissed. Oh yeah! The, <laughs> oh my God! Oh, so um, here's a good one for you, Robert. Um, usually, you know how we'll have pedals on display, oh, yeah. and then people will ask you for a pedal, and then you go to the back. I'm sure Jeff, you guys got a same similar thing. You have them in a box in the back, right? You're you're no, up. they're they're in the front and they're yeah. underneath the case. Oh, okay. So you've got them in a place, right? Right. But you've got boxes also where for the ones that are in the case as well. Sometimes, right? Oh, sure. Well, so a person comes in, he wants this, you know, he wants this pedal and I get the, I get the box from upstairs and I bring it downstairs and I said, okay, there, you know, here's a new one in the box. And he opens a box. Well, there are boxes in the box. So he's thinking, well, the box is a little hefty. It's fine. Gets home and finds out he's got an empty box. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, pedal, the pedal was so light that the box made more than the pedal. <laughs> he drives all the way back. I was so sad. I was like, oh, let me give you a disc. Something <laughs> electroharmonics. <laughs> yep, that's exactly right. It's tough with those, uh, like the Phase 95s from MXR that the yeah, the, the pedals are, yeah, they're so light. And then they also include the AC adapter in there. So it's like you have, yeah. to, you have to open it up just to make sure. Because I'm, I'm petrified of doing that myself. That's exactly <laughs> what we felt the weight of, and the, other, the AC adapter. Yeah. The other thing with the MXR pedals, that you know, they stuff those boxes full of, uh, you know, I mean, there's like a stack like that of, you know, oh, warranty, sure, yeah. you know, warranty registration, oh, yeah. and, you know, all yeah. that kind of stuff, advertising, and every other thing. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> oh my god! So, you know, Jeff, you you are doing this now, um, where you have people who come in tonight. Had a guy sat down, detuned like. I kid you not, if I if it wasn't a dozen, <laughs> it was more guitars. Detune dumb to like drop A. We're not, <laughs> not talking about like drop D. We're talking about was playing but, through a main rubber bands. Yep. Slipknot plays. What's wrong with that? Yeah. With <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the right gauges. I went through a Mesa right next to the acoustic room. So people who are trying acoustics can't hear. And he's just brought it out there. And it, and he's like, it's like he's on speed, literally. He just, and then he puts that one down. He gets another one. He detunes that one. Oh, puts that one up. Did, and I said, is there at any point, this is where I'm, I'm literally wondering, you know, very point when it's okay to say, you know what? No, no more. Pick one and play it. Because I know you're just here to fuck around. You're not buying anything. You know, it's at that, where is that point where you say, Dude, cut it out. Because it, it just creates work for me. I, I Now I got to spend 
he he detuned. Check this out. He detuned three guitars that were Floyd Roses. Oh, oh. man. <laughs> there's there's an hour. You know, there's an hour. Yeah, I mean, yep. properly. Yep. Stuff like that's a balancing act, man. Because like sometimes you know whether it's a a younger kid or you know an, uh, even like somebody in their you know twenties or whatever, and they're going through and they're wanting to try all these guitars. It's hard to see if they're really just screwing around or if they're actually going to buy something. I mean, so you've got you do have to treat it with uh, kid gloves, so to speak. Just yeah. to you know, you don't want to piss them off and. It's uh, the, it's the ones who come back though that that like they came in the first time they abuse the situation yeah. and then they come back and you know what's going to happen the second time They're yeah and you can situation that's the nice thing uh, the the one nice thing about being a small shop uh, in in the area that we're in is that like David said I mean the the first time you're like okay whatever you might put up with it the first time but if they'll come back again and it's like hey you know what. If you want to try a guitar because you're interested in buying it, that's great, man. We're, you know, that's what we're here for. Um, but I can't have you down tuning all these different guitars and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And as long as you, you know, try to be fair about it, you know, most people are cool about it. Some people get in a huff, but that's, that's pretty rare. Yeah. Well, and the thing is like good time that the way that you guys keep your stuff in inventory there, I mean, it's polished up. It always looks good. Like it's tuned up. Usually it's well set up and, and I've seen a couple of guys come through there and just like play everything and drop into D or whatever. And then, you know, put it back on there just the way it was. And it's like, you guys literally go around the store at the end of the night and wipe everything down, get all yeah. your fingerprints and stuff off. Like it's a lot of work. And if, for somebody to just come in there and abuse the situation, it's yeah. just well, awful. Rob, Robert, you can speak to this. You, that's our job at the end of the night. Yep. Yeah. It, you know, the, you know, at the end of the night, course you know when, when i was you know when i was doing it the i mean the, the biggest thing that you want to watch that you know that we always watched out for were holes uh you know no empty hooks on the wall and uh, you know for a number of reasons number one you know it doesn't look very good number two it's a security you know measure that's how you keep track of you know you right. know did somebody sell a guitar that was hanging on that hook right there so yeah it was a you know it's a player strat i sold it okay cool take care of you know so, and, uh, you know, but yeah, you know, it, it's, you know, obviously if somebody, you know, something's, you know, got a, somebody got a lot of fingerprints on a particular guitar, you know, you're also walking through and check all that stuff out. But, you know, the thing about, uh, about Guitar Center is, you know, I mean, they, they promote that, you know, they tell everybody, you know, come in, you know, come in, we want you, you know, we want you to be able to try out any guitar that you want, you know, you know, if, if it's a hundred bucks or if it's $5,000, we want you to have the yep. opportunity you know, and they, they, they promote that. They always have. And, you know, and that's always kind of been one of the, uh, uh, you know, one, one of the big, you know, attractions to people shopping in Guitar Center for that reason. Yeah. So, yeah, because yeah. there are a lot of private owned shops out there that, you know, I was uh, I was I was in one here. Just, I don't know, six months or so ago that, uh, you know, they've got signs hanging up all over the place. Do not, you know, every guitar, two hundred dollar acoustics do not touch without assistance. You oh, know? you're kidding. Oh, yeah. No. That every guitar, guitar, the, guitar only, the, the only thing the good time protects like that is the the three thousand dollar plus uh mm. yeah right. just a please we got a you know a please ask to play um yeah like you said on the prs core models um but that's, that's about it but that's because we've seen people come in and, and I, i've been there when it's happened where people come in and they want to touch every core model and they have no intention of buying one like they but then again yeah at guitar center the all the uh you know 
the three thousand dollar LPs are hanging up high as well. So it's kind of the same thing. It's just you know, do the nature yeah. of the store. We put a sign out instead, and you know, most people are pretty cool about that. Yeah. Although not everyone reads the sign, you know, because I'll come in, I'll come around the corner, and there's a there's some dude with a you know a, a yeah. tent top, and like, yeah, is there anything I can help you with, man? Or uh, oh, we. I, we had a tin top stolen out of our store. I could, one time in particular, that I can think of. We, uh, you know, it, it was one. It was a. I can't remember. Maybe it was a new. It was a new. Uh, I I don't remember, but you know, it was it, whatever reason. This one was hanging down low enough that it just didn't reach. Well, I mean, and, uh, this guy came in. He was sneaky about it. You know, somehow he managed to make it all the way back over. To, you know, to uh, audio with it, and you know, at that store, that's completely the opposite into the opposite corner of the store from us. And there was a side door that was, you know, the fire, fire alarm and all on it and everything. And, um, <clears throat> you know, over there in that department, I was talking to another customer one night and all of a sudden I hear the alarm going off. So, you know, I, I ran over there to see what was going on. <clears throat> sure enough, doors wide open with the, you know, uh, you know, guitar's gone. So, you know, now, you know, the police were able to track that down because it turned out this, you know, this particular tweaker, crackhead loser was, you know, <laughs> ripping off every other music store within three miles of us. And, you know, so, you know, that, you know, he sold them all to the same pawn shop and used his own ID. So naturally they found him. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> well I, I personally, I don't think there's any problem with, um, a store putting like, especially on the, the stuff like ten, collector's items, right? Like 10 tops and stuff right. like that, because those guitars, you will run into people. And, and I've met them who, who basically don't want any scratches, you know, like they don't want a right. single pick to ever touch. That guitar. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's the same thing. If you've ever, if you've ever done the firearms thing, like there are places where they will not allow you to, to do anything to the firearm. You know, you can look at it. <laughs> that's pretty much it. Yeah. That's Damn. pretty much it. Taylor players are like that too. Taylor people that, that oh, buy, yeah. buy Taylor acoustics. I don't know what it is with with Taylor players versus Martins and and Gibsons, but I mean ta Taylor acoustic players keep their guitars immaculate. You know, oh, yeah. Martin guys, you know, scratch here and there, especially if they're yeah, you know they play regularly. Not a big deal. You know, Gibson, like you know, those, those guys beat those things to death. Oh uh, yeah. You know, the Taylors. You know, we we had to be. I remember we had to be pretty uh, pretty cautious with used. You know, use tailors when they came in too. Eight fourteens, hmm, especially. Yep. That's interesting. Yeah, you know, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it, I, there are shops in our area. Jeff CME does this, where you can go in and and anybody can touch any guitar. And I think that's just like there. Okay, yes, I get it, but not everybody should be handling the uh, fifty nine Les Paul they have in the back. You know what I mean? Right. Like that should not That's, be the policy on that. Yeah, there there are points at which you got to be able to say, okay, it, it, this isn't probably a good idea. Like when an, we had this guy, he has like his ten year old kid who was trying out guitars. He's trying out several, and I get it. You want? I I would encourage that. Is this the one but, that bought the uh, Floyd? No, um, no, but that um, he was going through and it was like well he wants to try this one up here and it's like twenty four hundred dollars i was like I, kids aren't really spatially aware they don't think about moving and sure enough the kid was swinging around you know and and you're like 
a chip in that headstock is going to cost us hundreds of dollars. <laughs> my nine-year-old, my nine-year-old <laughs> walking through the room with her eye his micro the other day and just banging it into everything. I'm like, what oh, are you yeah. doing? She's relicking it. It's yeah. Not the, yeah, it's not the kid's fault. I don't put it on the kid's, I don't put it on the kid's shoulders. No. But the parents should be smart enough to go, you know what? It, <laughs> it's probably not a good idea to try this, this guitar. Um, but I will say, and you guys can, can um, chime in. I'm seeing a lot more girls come in and buying guitars. A lot more oh, uh, yeah. girls and women. Definitely. A lot. <clears throat> um, I probably sold um, a good 40% of my sales has been to w women. Yeah, we had, uh, mm -hmm. well, we had a lesson in today. Uh, two lessons that were uh, younger girls, probably like, uh, I don't know, 12, 13 years old, which is cool to see. Um, a girl, probably 16, 17 years old, came in and uh, said, I need some Ernie Ball 9-42s. You know, she knew exactly what she wanted. So I got her that, you know, and then uh, I've sold countless guitars, be it acoustic or electric, doesn't matter, um, that uh, that they're coming in to buy of all ages, really, too, which is cool. Yeah. But particularly uh, younger girls in the, you know, in the teenager age or the young, tw uh, you know, early 20s. It's great to see. Good. Maybe my oldest will actually pick up her guitar. Huh? Yeah, my, I mean, you know, my daughter's got the Paul Gilbert micro. Yeah, get, your daughter's cooler than my daughter. I know. <laughs> Anna, Anna Katana. Yeah. Who do, you, who, um, do you guys think, who do you guys think there is to thank for that? I say Taylor Swift. Well, probably the uh, In my household, me. <laughs> I don't really care. You know, I'll say this. So this girl was trying out a gem tonight. Yeah. She was rocking it up. And I, I was like, yeah. I don't know. It, it, do you really think Taylor Swift is really still responsible for uh, the the big boom in uh, in this, or is it other stuff? Because I don't know. I think it's I, just I don't, a breakdown of the gender barriers, man. Yeah, I, I don't think it really has to be a particular uh, female that uh, female guitar player that's particularly you know the one to mm -hmm. to cause it. I think she was uh, the, in the beginning. I think that's what it was, but yeah, it may I think be. it's grown on from there. Yeah, maybe not. You know, I mean, it, it's I mean, yeah. You talk to you know some of the real old timers. You know, in the business, you know, they'll tell you that we had a shop here in Noblesville uh, that closed up about a year ago. And I went in and talked to the owner because he uh, just as he was closed, he had a big grand, you know, uh, clearance, you know, going out of business sale thing. And, uh, you know, so I figured I'd go, oh, maybe maybe, you know, got some things in there for a good deal. And, you know, he's still selling maybe 6505s and stuff for more than they go for retail. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how much I don't know how much he ate, but you know he he's one of those guys that said, well, there, hasn't really, there hasn't been a real guitar hero since Eddie Van Halen. He was the last one. And really? It, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, in you know, it, because you know, he says Eddie Van Halen's the last guy that was that uh you know was inspiring teenagers to get together by the gaggle load and you know, go hit up all the guitar shops every Saturday as a group, you know. Uh, you know, similar to what I'm sure we all did as a kid, but right. Uh, you, you know, I I I don't agree with a word, you know, with a single word that he said. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, but from that mindset, you know, I mean, he's you know of that, and maybe it's a generational thing. I don't know, but you know, he seems to think that there is, you know, there were there was a specific point of inspiration uh, in a specific guitar player back in the '80s, and you know, back in the '80s, it surely, you know, certainly was Eddie Van Halen for a lot of people. But, you know, and I can name a hundred others that have, that have come along since then. But, right. you know, today, you know, what? especially as far as, uh, you know, as far as female players, uh, you know, or female acts, 
you know, I mean, yeah, it is. I don't know. I still got to lean I, towards Taylor, Taylor Swift, whether, whether she's a great could, guitar player. That could be, that could be, but I mean, I, so here's the thing with, with, cause I'm, cause I'm younger. I, I may be the youngest guy on this podcast right now. I'm 30. I'm going to be 35 next month. Um, and I feel like my, both my daughters, um, I have a daughter who's, who's, uh, 15 and I, and she's been on the show before. And I have a daughter who's, um, actually I believe she's 14. She might be 15. I don't, it's hard to keep track. They're getting old and I'm getting older. Um, and then my <laughs> other's nine. Right. Um, and they don't, so like the music that they listen to, I was going through my, my, uh, youngest daughter's playlists on, uh, on iTunes. And I was like, none of this is like music you would hear on the radio or anything like that. It's like soundtracks to movies, um, stuff she heard on YouTube, video game music. Like none yep. of it is like, Oh, this is a Taylor Swift record. My older one, she's aware of that stuff. But that's not what I like that would not inspire her to pick up an instrument. And and she's not like deep in the Taylor Swift thing. I think she's more oriented towards um like panic at the disco and stuff like that. Um yeah. I, I would just want to say like the diversity that this generation has available to them in terms of music because of the, the streaming services and stuff that they all have is just yeah, I mean it's just off the charts. Like there's so right. much stuff out there, it's really hard to pinpoint. Right. Was it you, Robert, that said it doesn't necessarily have to be a girl that's inspiring them, a woman that's inspiring them? Because um, that was Jeff. <clears throat> was it Jeff? Jeff? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I think I, I agree wholeheartedly there because a lot of the girls that are coming in and the women that are coming in, they're not playing Taylor Swift songs, mm. playing Panic at the Disco. They're playing Bowling for Soup. They're playing this new um, uh, what are they calling noise rock? from uh yeah from california um they're they're playing ed sheeran in the acoustic yeah. room so it's not necessarily that they want to be taylor swift i, I think they, mm -hmm. that finally what we're starting to see is some people who want to be themselves and they don't care what the uh, the musician before them was playing necessarily we're, we're we're seeing less of the tone chasers at least in the younger group and more of the people that are just looking for an instrument that fits them and that works for what they want to use and what their voice wants to use. I don't know. When Does I, that make sense? Yeah, yeah. When I yeah. Go, mm -hmm. when I go to guitar stores, you know what I hear now? I and it's still like the same stuff. Slow dancing in a burning room. I hear um <laughs> and I hear I hear like dire straits, like like uh, I heard somebody play that the other day, that's why I laughed. Yeah, well, it's true though. Like it's funny because and, and then I hear like Aussie tunes all the time too. That's the other one. I heard somebody playing over the mountain today. And I'm just sitting there kind of like, dude, it's, it's been this way since I was a kid. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm 35 years old now. I'm like, it's the same music that people were playing when I was a kid. Now it's different. Um, I, I do think there are different audiences. Like if you go in the acoustic room, that's definitely different. And, and most, I, you guys are all retailers. What are you guys selling a lot of now? I mean, I, my understanding is acoustics are flying off the shelves compared to electric now. I, I can say this in yeah. order for me. It's been ukuleles, acoustics, electrics. The electrics are more expensive, but ukuleles are going like pew, pew, pew. I'd say it's for us, it's um, it's definitely the acoustics are, are selling more. Uh, we are still doing pretty well with uh, electric guitars, though. It's just that, you know, when, when you get a starter, something that's coming into it for the first time, you know, obviously with electrics, there's a lot bigger barrier of entry because they've got to do the guitar. Um, they most people still want to use a traditional practice amp. They're right. not really 
into the hole plugging into their phone or that kind of thing, at least not yet. Yep. Uh, whereas, you know, an acoustic's just an acoustic. They need an acoustic, a tuner, a bag, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. So, and, but, you know, when somebody comes in, it, we always try to qualify them by saying, what kind of music do you like? What, you know, what do you want to learn how to play? Because that's often mm-hmm. going to dictate what, what direction get. you're going to go. Because, you know, there's the old, uh, what, what I personally consider to be a myth uh, with, you know, the parents are like, well, you need to start an acoustic first. Uh, that is you know, absolutely a myth. Absolutely. Uh, and then yes. and then you can get an electric later. And I'm like, with all due respect, sir, uh, that's just, it's not really the case anymore. And it's really more important about what is going to keep their interest. Because I was talking to somebody today and it's like the, uh, the drop off for people in, uh, in bands in school anyway. Is like fifty percent after the first year. Yep. So while it may not be as drastic with a guitar, there's still a significant drop off. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah. you want you want to keep that interest of those kids or even adults. If the, if the adults aren't interested, they're not going to want to keep up with it either. Well, right. I think <clears throat> I, you're absolutely right. Like I feel like um, there is definitely a bias there. Like a lot of people believe that when you start on guitar, you should start with an acoustic, and I don't. I just don't get it. They're not the same instrument. Um, I did an open mic a couple weeks ago, and I did the first acoustic set I've done in probably, oh, it had to be at least 10 years. And it was so funny because it was like playing like an alien thing. It was not, it was not at all like playing electric guitar. And I, no. I just realized like, this is not the same thing. This is not in any way that they're tuned the same, but that's where it ends. <laughs> now, Robert, you're, you're more on the online sales side of things. Now, what are you seeing as far as sales? Uh, it's, it's a little bit different for me because, you know, when I was, when I was in the store, you know, I, especially, I don't know, man, I guess probably the, the last couple of years I was there, there was, you know, seemed to be a spike in acoustic, this and acoustics this time of year, from, you know, from what you guys are seeing, but you know, there's still plenty of people. Yeah. And to go along with what Jeff was just saying, I mean, you know, when parents would come in and say, you know, we want to buy, buy a guitar for our, you know, first guitar for our son, you know, and then it's, you know, it's not time to start showing guitars. It's time to start asking questions. You know, what, what kind of music is, what do they want to sound like? You know, if they say, you know, if they say Taylor Swift and, uh, you know, the Beatles and, you know, Dave Matthews band, yeah, acoustic might not be a bad way to go. But, yep. you know, if you're, you know, if they're saying, you know, event sevenfold and, <laughs> uh, it, you know, stuff like that, it's, we're in the wrong room. And this is why, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and it's, you know, and it's okay to explain. You know, so, you know, a lot of the people, you know, Jim, you probably heard the term, you know, BFO this time of year. Right. My brothers, you know, it's yep. a beat. You know, this, this time of year, we're getting into BFO customers, people who are buying for others. And they've, not yep. necessarily musicians. So, <clears throat> but to, uh, pardon me, you know, to answer your question, I'm actually, I'm on the other side of it now because, you know, not only am I on the online side of it, but I'm also an outbound rep. So, you know, I don't have people calling me up saying I need to, you know, uh, at least not random people anyway, calling me up saying that, you know, I need this for this person, that for this person. You know, I mean, I've, I've people call me up or, regular customer, you know, like high-end right. studio guys and, you know, live sound engineers and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, some of those, you know, some of those people do also play guitar, but you know, most, most of my regular customers are pretty experienced. And, you know, I'm, they know exactly what they want and need. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, it's, yeah. it's just like, if, you know, if either one of you, you guys were to call me up and say, Hey, you know, I need, you know, XYZ guitar, you know, what do you think of this? Right. You know, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. So, which I'll ask you after the podcast. 
So sure. um, the uh, I think um, the other thing, because that was uh, Jeff and you kind of hit on this. So the BF, the BFO buy for others customer comes in, right? Um, this time of year, there's one of two, two ways they handle it. And I'm sure you've both seen this where the kid is there. They bring them in and they mm -hmm. have them like trying stuff out. Sure. But then they come to you and they kind of whisper, we're thinking about for Christmas. So we yeah. may not, we may not buy today, but we're going to, you know, um, and I think that that's when I hit them with the questions. I like to, to pose them to the child, obviously, and ask the questions, you know, what do you like? Because there was a young girl in there and they, the dad had her looking at strats and everything else. And she turned to me and she, she wanted to play bass. And so I, I said, well, why don't you come well, right over here? The world needs more bass players. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And she, and she picked up three or four bases and she fell in love with one, you know? And so, but anyway, um, you guys, I'm sure have a much better grasp on that than I do as far as that goes. Mm. I, you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, it, it, uh, you know, I think usually, <laughs> uh, you know, there's a, there's a place, you know, if they, in that situation, say, for example, the parents come back, you know, a couple of days later when the kid's not with them, you know, and they, they're still intent on buying, buying guitar, you know, say, I want to, you know, let's get them whatever that, you know, let's, let's get them the best thing. But, you know, when you guys were, you know, had your backs turned, he said this to me, you know, he was more interested in this, you know, as he expressed, you know, have you seen him expressing any interest in, you know, in bass over guitar? So, you know, <laughs> so yeah, it's, <clears throat> it's really funny that you guys yeah. as retailers have to sort out like the, the, uh, the, discommunication between parent and child in those situations or you know like yeah thing i've well, actually told them uh, before like you know for a parent like that that has no idea what they what they should be buying and they don't even they haven't even brought the kid by but they still want to buy a guitar for their you know for christmas it's kind of i explained to them it's kind of a tough uh, thing to do by sight unseen for someone who's never played never held a guitar you know doesn't know what's comfortable but if they still want to do that before they go and just pull the trigger on, you know, a cheap guitar or a mid-range guitar or whatever their, you know, their range is to like kind of try and sniff out what kind of music their kids listening to and what they're interested in, at least just so they can give me some sort of ballpark on what I should be directing them towards. And that usually helps pretty well, because, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm no sooner going to sell somebody an acoustic uh, for a Venge Sevenfold is that, you know, I wouldn't sell them a Strat either. Right. It's, it still right. doesn't fit, even though it's electric. So, right. Yeah. You know, you got to go from there, you know. All right. All right. I'm going to yep. try. I'm going to, I'm going to test you guys might. Uh, parent comes in, got a kid. He, he looks like a Hellraiser. And uh, he's, he's looking at guitars. <laughs> and then you go over to the parent. You're like, what's it, what's he into? And, and the parent says, uh, he likes this band Cannibal Corpse. What would you recommend? <laughs> What's budget? I don't think we care anything that's uh, suitable for that. <laughs> Robert, what would you recommend? What's the budget? Uh, five hundred. Five hundred bucks. And is BC Rich still? Uh, are they are they back up and running yet at this point? Yeah, I'm depends probably, on the minute. Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What day is it? What time uh, is it? I, well, I, mean, I can I see mean, Ivan you know, still in that niche, but yeah, I probably see. I probably tell him to go for an Ivan as. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, might, I might actually hmm. go Schechter. Yeah. yeah, I'd probably, yeah, I'd, I'd probably go Schecter to be honest, you know, just be, of what's, 
on the wall. Now, if it were six months from now and, you know, this new line from BC Rich is, is out, which I am way excited for you guys know how big of a BC Rich fanatic I am. Uh, yep. I, I, I would at least show them a warlock, you know, and see if it's comfortable yeah. for them to play. So Certainly fitting, yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah. You know. It's good stuff. I, I actually like you guys' answers. Um, and and it was, it was entertaining to see the uh, the look on your face when I said <laughs> Cannibal Corpse. You said could you, Cannibal Corpse, could you imagine a parrot like I think I think his favorite song is Addicted to uh, Never mind I'm not even gonna say the title. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you. So he knows. You laugh, right? <laughs> yeah, you knows. laugh. Yeah, I was gonna say. So um, you laugh, but a guy came in with his kid, right? And the kid had great grades or something. And so they were treating the child to something. And, and he was into the heavy stuff, right? And so I said, all right, well, let me bring you right over here. And I showed him the the um, Dean and the uh, Schechter. Um, I tried to stay away from, from uh, something. That's the one I was telling you about, David. He, he bought the kid a Floyd Rose. For his you, first guitar. Do you guys, uh, yeah. do you guys carry Dean really? uh, new? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Of course. Well, I knew you guys yep. did, but I didn't know because we never have in store. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, again, yeah, we have. It, it's one of those things that uh, you know most of it's going to be on the website because you know the thing with with Dean, you'll have a couple of uh, you know five five hundred dollar and under yep. MLs and stuff for the diehard Dimebag fans. But yep. that's the one he's bought. Yeah, but you know the majority of them are going to be on the website just because I mean it's. Uh, and we tried this when I was at the store a few times because, you know, me being a big pointy guitar guy, you know, I went, to, you know, my manager and I were talking one day and, you know, we're, you know, we we're both like, God, we just, we've got the same stuff. Now, wait, wait, while, while, Je while um, Robert is sitting here saying me being the big pointy guitar guy, let, I want to describe what I see behind him. A Telecaster, <laughs> two Stratocaster looking things, an acoustic. An acoustic <laughs> And what looks like um, another Telecaster looking thing, or I mean Stratocaster looking thing, and another like uh, on on his other the side, the Ibanez S left. series. Yeah, the Ibanez S series and an Ibanez. The <laughs> okay, I'm I just want everybody to know the twenty guitars that I'm uh, seeing. By <laughs> okay, with my, without moving my head. Yeah, you know, so you know, so that I'm talking about what you guys can see from your vantage point. There's my my. Yeah. One of three acoustics that I own, really the only one that I really play. I have one. On, yep. Yeah, <laughs> on the rare occasion that I do play, that's a that's my Yamaha. That one, yep. that one there is a Strat copy. That was my very first guitar. I've had that guitar since 1987. That's awesome. Cool. You know, this one is uh, a vintage modified Strat. That, okay. uh, yep. as a matter of fact, that that one's about ready to get a uh, 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 about ready to get an overhaul because a, a small startup pickup company in uh, georgia contacted me they're going to send me a wired pick guard for the demo cool and uh that is a standard uh a limited a special edition standard telly squire standard telly the one you you guys remember the black one with the uh, the mirror pick guard and the yep. magic painted headstock that's what yep. that is and then that's the that's the pretty much all the traditional style guitars i own the very next one starts the les pauls and then you get into over this way you know, over over this way, then you get more into you know. You know He's got balls, lots of and stars and like explorers and Vs explore, and stuff. Yeah, 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 that's where the explorers and the Vs and the BC riches are. Now over here, this is the Schechter CR6 that I just bought. Yeah, that's oh, the that's CR6. The one. Okay, yeah. that's the Schechter Blackjack that I've used in you know that I've used in a bunch of my videos. I'm sure you guys are familiar with. Uh, yeah. This one, that's a that's an '84 Kramer Focus. Oh, okay. And, um, Those are cool guitars. 
Yeah, I guess that's about all you guys can see. But uh, yep. so yes, I have a bunch of super strats hanging up behind me for the most yeah. part. <laughs> no, but, but 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 Robert, yeah. we know you have a diverse collection oh, of, yes, of uh, very cool stuff because it's all like it's all kind of kitschy, like like the the you know kind of eighties metal sort of guitars and like some of the more modern stuff too. But it's like very. I, I, it's broad because you don't, you know, like I know guys that have got like five explorers, you know, or they've got like three V's and like four Les Pauls, but you've got a lot of different stuff. Like you have a mm -hmm. different guitar for every day, pretty much of a month. <laughs> I've only got, I've only got like these guys right here. Jim's got all mm -hmm. the classics. He's got an SG, a Tele, a Strat, mm -hmm. and he's soon to have a Les Paul. And their gold top is, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's, not, there's nothing wrong with that. I just, you know, I mean, I've, for me, as we all know, I mean, part of the fun for me has just been collecting. And, uh, yep. you know, and, and, you know, we, I've admitted several times I play some of them more than others. Now, yep. since we're talking about your guitars, Robert, Jeff saw all his stuff is cased back there. It looks like, or the, <laughs> the pile <laughs> of cases. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Jeff's got, um, Jeff's got an interesting collection too, because he, he buys, uh, a lot of players guitars, like things that he actually intends to play and he plays the crap out of them. Um, Go through them because I I know kind of what you got, but let's see if I can do this with my finger like you did. <laughs> <laughs> Hold your on. fingers Hold a lot behind your head. <laughs> behind your head. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so that guy right there is in the that's a Gator Progo case. Um, that is the uh, Warmoth Telecaster that I think I I think I posted pictures in the group. Yeah, on yeah. That. The um, stock. Yeah, yeah. That's my idealized uh, Telecaster, and I got. I got uh, roasted in a couple other groups. You should have seen it uh, on how. Why? So, because I said, "Oh, I just it's you know I just basically posted up here. Here's my warmoth, and uh, it's you know a Telecaster with some tweaks that I like." And one guy's like, "So basically, you took everything that's cool about a Telecaster and threw it out the window." I'm like, "Yep, uh, sure." Okay, <laughs> yeah. But uh, <laughs> so it's a it's a roasted ash body with um with the contours and the fishmans, and so yeah, it's kind of modern. Um. Next to that, we got the. Uh, well, actually, the next to that one is an empty case. Because <laughs> <laughs> nice. that, that guitar is at work. That's the. Uh, I've got a, a, a 2002 RG421. That was the la first and last made in Japan of that model. Um, then I've got a SC420 from 97. Uh, that is the. Uh, it's the S Classic series. I don't know if you guys remember those. They were kind of funky because it was an S body from Ibanez. Um, but it had the wraparound bridge on, and it was a little bit shorter of a scale. Oh. Um, and a Seagull S6. And then my favorite one is the uh, Ibanez JS2000 uh, Champagne. Uh, I call it the Gold Boy because it's that flaked gold. Mm -hmm. And it was the funky one that had the uh, – it, it's got an edge on it, but it's like the top half of an edge. It's, uh, it's a stop tail that's sitting on two uh, uh, stop tail pieces. Yeah. And then it still has the uh, locking nut on the end, which is really cool. That's cool. So wait, and then it's a stop tail with a locking nut. Yeah, so <laughs> it, it's like it's sitting on like a tunomatic, like the two posts right. of a tunomatic. Um, but it's an edge with fine tuners. And then when you flip it over, there's no there's no route, there's no springs, no nothing because it's a fixed bridge. But wow. and and as weird as that seems. Uh, it does not go out of tune ever. Yeah, of course. It's wow. the most stable guitar I've ever had in my life. So yeah, you don't it, have to worry about the springs going. Right. And, you know, I think they, they didn't put them on that many. They put them on the, the Mick Thompson from Slipknot. Mm -hmm. That guy had it. And then uh, some of the the higher end eight strings had it. 
Wow. Uh-oh. So Whoop. Robert's we lost, gonna, we lost Robert's Robert. He's back come in. back. Uh, that's fine. Um, so you you love that. Uh, JS, uh, is it JS 100 or 1000? Or- JS 2000. It's an... It is a it's a Japanese prestige. Do you play that? You play that? Is that like your your main? There it is. You play the Telecaster more. Oh, it's toss it's up, man, because they're they're so different in tone. So yeah, they're I mean, because the obviously the JS is uh, humbuckers, and then the uh, even though the the Warmoth has the Fishmans, those are pretty pretty traditional sounding uh, pickups in that guy. Um, so J- Jeff and I have one thing in common, and that's we're big Mesa Boogie fans. Oh, yeah. You want, to, you want to run through your amps real quick, and then we'll we'll let Robert do the same. Yeah, I can't really pan here, but um, yeah, I've got the Mark Five Twenty Five, just like you do. Um, I've got a Rectoverb Twenty Five, mm-hmm. uh, and then I've got three of the twenty uh, three inch wide one by twelve cabs. Two of them are closed back, and then one of them is the open back. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just have different speakers in them. Two of them have C nineties, and one of them's got a V thirty in it. Yeah, and I know, but I know you've told me that the open back sounds really cool compared to some of the closed. So. Yeah, I uh, the first day, the first weekend I had it, I stacked the uh, the open back uh, on top of the closed back, and then the Mark V on top of that, and it's super loud. And the 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 open back really just spreads the sound out everywhere. It's really cool. Yeah, for for those for listeners of the show, like if you've never had the chance to play the Mark V twenty five, if you put the uh, the master volume and I don't care where the gain control is really set, but if you put the, the master volume at like, what is it? Uh, so not nine o'clock it's, I mean, it'll rip your head off at nine o'clock. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's insanely loud. Like you don't want to be in the room with it loud. Um, yeah. I mean, it kind of runs out of gas at around um, noon or so. Maybe. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it's not, is, it doesn't get louder. Noon is not stun. It's, it's kill. And, and, it, and at noon, like <laughs> and after that, it's just saturation. So, yeah, mm-hmm. but it's a cool sound. Yeah. Though, oh, for yeah, sure. definitely. I like to run mine around, you know, 11. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right. So <clears throat> Jeff or uh, uh, Robert. Yeah, it's Robert's turn now. Let's talk about your amps. Because you got like oh. dozens, right? <laughs> uh, probably not as many as you might. I've got, uh, well, the one that probably the one, you know, the ones that I use the most, you know, for uh, Jeff, I don't know if you watch my videos like these guys do. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, cool. Uh, I mean, the ones I use the most are my, you guys can't see it, but my Randall RD20 head uh, that I really like. Uh, that one, and I got a Randall RM22. You remember the module MTS series? Oh, man, series. those are great. <clears throat> yeah, those are, are cool. I, I like that one quite a bit. So uh, those two those two share the, they, the uh, it's, it's just an oversized 212 seismic audio cabinet that i've got a pair of uh veteran 30s warehouse guitar speaker veteran 30s in uh so i probably you know the randall's you know probably believe it or not the the clean channel on the randall is spectacular so that's probably the one that i use the most then there's the uh jcm 900 dual reverb stack that you can take part of the head right right behind his shoulder (laughs) yep yep uh, let's see. I've got four Panama heads. Uh, <laughs> I have, uh, you know, the Panama guitars. I have the Shaman 20, the, uh, uh, the five watt is what it's called. And those two are probably my favorite. The five watt actually is really, really cool. Uh, and then I've got the, uh, I've got a Fuego and a, 
no, I'm sorry, a Fuego X and a Fuego Hot Rod. And that one's going into a Panama 212, and the other two are going into a Panama 412 that they, I've already forgotten the name of it, but it's got a, uh, um, it's got a tone control on the back of it, a three-way rotary switch, you know, because it's got two different speakers in it. So the two on one side and two on the other, and you know, when you, that three-way switch back there, one of them controls all four speakers, one of them shuts off one speaker, and the third position shuts off one of the other speakers instead. So gives you he almost of, used one finger. Yeah, I know. I was waiting for, he was giving me the salute, you know. He's like he's yeah. like Davis number one. And this this well, I was gonna mention you got the you got the the shaman right. That's yep. that's a note for note copy of a of a, a Rectiverb twenty five. I think. No, is that right? Yeah, because we looked at the boards, Jim and I. After you were on the show the last time, I think we talked yeah. about it. He and I went and looked at the boards. Um, we found pictures online. They're identical. I mean, it's like it, it, it's yeah. Uh, Mason Boogie would have a have an interesting lawsuit. <laughs> yeah. That surprises me because it's actually way brighter than any Mesa I've ever heard. Yeah, it may just be component selection. I mean, that that, it may be straight up, like down to, you know, what kind of caps and stuff they're using. So, Mm. right. Hmm. I'd be interested to hear that because if, you know, I've got the the Rectiverb, um, it is a a lot middier of an amp than most of the other rectifiers are, but I wouldn't really say it's super bright either. Yeah, this one is. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and the, the gain on the, it's, it's set up kind of interesting. It's a two-channel amp, but each channel has two modes. And the you know the high gain mode on the second channel is. I mean, it would be way more to get, than I, even I would ever use. It would be interesting to get both y'all's heads on the same cab and run them. Yeah, um, I think so too. And see, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. <clears throat> yeah, well, hey guys, I gotta I gotta step away for just one split second. Yeah, that's fine. That's okay. Sure. All right. So um, so, but I've got that, and then I've got my sixty five five one sixty five five yep. one twelve combo. Then I've got the right. the sixty five five piranha head. Uh, the you know, and then I've got that little rolling cube uh, cube forty practice combo. I got, I yep, really I got like one it. of those right here. I actually yep. really like that. You know, it's a great little practice amp. It is. Uh, you know, I've got you know a couple of acoustic amps and uh, an acoustic V four fifty base base combo, and I think that's everything. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, most everything else that I use nowadays is you know virtual stuff. So, I'll uh, I I actually looked up the article where they talked about it. Uh, they the comparison of those stamps. I'll uh, I'll Facebook message you guys the article later. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah. It's an it's an interesting read. It's it was on the gear page. They were some people shared their gut shots of each amp, and yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was pretty cool. So, um, the next thing I wanted to talk about real quick was that that uh, um, so I'm I'm looking at acoustics now because there's the there's the wants and the haves, right? You want to have and you have to have, and I'm getting ready to do like duets and and unfortunately, you know, it's kind of moving myself into like a um, a solo type thing along with duets and I need to have a good acoustic and I have a decent acoustic. And when I say, okay, so here's the thing about electrics, electrics, it's relatively easy to find a comfortable electric guitar Mm -hmm. that you can play for a couple of hours. That doesn't give you fatigue. You find the right neck, um, uh, and neck profile and you can pretty much play. And even then, you could bring a couple of them, and it's pretty okay. It's mm-hmm. pretty easy. But for an acoustic, 
finding there's a lot more physically going on for acoustic Mm -hmm. and and for an acoustic gig this is me i i don't know if everybody feels this way but um the acoustic that i'm using it's a breed love i i'm fine with it but it fatigues my hands fast Mm -hmm. so i'm really thinking about getting either a martin or a gibson thin neck or fat neck um, I'd probably be going with a wide. No, but I mean, what do you have now? The the breed love. Uh, oh, the breed love is way too. I was thin. gonna say they tend to be thin necks. You want to look for something with a fatter neck, and then you, it'll take all the fatigue away. I would. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I suppose you know neck neck profile would be the you, you know be personal preference. I mean, I'm a thin neck guy yeah. myself, but I mean, I would think that you know Gibson's would be the exact opposite way to go just you know because they you know gibson's use a lot of uh you know they use a lot of a lot of glue and a lot of bracing uh you know those necks are generally pretty 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 hat pretty fat right uh, for me so you know it's yeah it's it's just you know it's not a flight tumor it's just the way they're made yeah right i would be if it were me, I would probably I would lean, you know, of course Yamaha because I love Yamaha acoustics. Yep. Uh, spent, you know, Jim actually, what one thing you want to check out? They've got a model called the Five, I think it is the um, Five R, which is like you know they run about twelve, thirteen, fourteen hundred bucks or so, and mm-hmm. you can get them with you know uh, look uh, like the A Five CR or something like that. You know, and that's yeah. you know they or the or the CM depending on whether you want rosewood or mahogany. Check yeah. those out because those are really really well made guitars. They're imports, but they're extremely well made, all solid wood. And I, I love the necks on them. I mean, I they're bulletproof. Well, here's here's what's here's the other side of it, Robert. Is that so? I have a I I have a really high tenor voice. And so my voice, when I sing, pushes into the upper tenor register, some, sometimes in a lower soprano. Right. And so with, with any guitar that, that sings in that range, it tends to – because, you know, you play it with acoustic right against your chest, right? Mm-hmm. And so you feel that in your chest, and you feel it going right up through your vocal cords. Right. And so – Sometimes I feel like the guitar is is drowning me out when I play, like a ta- especially a yeah, Taylor. You I don't mean, want something Taylor. with a lot of like super high end harmonics. You, you're more focusing right. on like that mid range and maybe the lower the lower stuff. Right where that's where Martin seems to be like right there for me. I don't know. It, it seems like Martin sings just enough under me and around me, but not focused on what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Yep. And so it's almost like a mixed thing where I go, and I haven't tried the high end, the high end Yamaha yet. So I don't know if that's got like a, a similar wider range. Uh, well, the, the higher end Yamahas that, that have, that are all, all solid. Uh, you know, particularly if you get a, you get a mahogany acoustic, I think you might be surprised. You know, you might, yeah. you might really be surprised. I, you know, uh, I'm biased. I love Yamaha. I think they make you know, great but, stuff. I, I honestly, yeah. Yamaha is one of the few few companies where everything in their line from from like the really cheap, inexpensive like Pacificas and stuff, all the way up to the uber expensive, you know, acoustics and um, even some of the the uh, orchestral instruments and stuff they do. 
Like you really can't go wrong with as long as you're like not buying that Pacific expecting it to be like a really expensive, fancy high end guitar. Like you're not going to go wrong if you're if you're um, expecting the value proposition, I guess is what you're saying. Like, right. You know, um, I agree. And I think their acoustics are fantastic. I actually really, really like their classicals as well. Um, mm-hmm. Nylon string guitars. I do too. So, yeah, I do too. But I have had one Yamaha product in my life that I have not been pleased with. Well, I've had some Line Six stuff, so that doesn't count. Well, this is <laughs> well, one one I had was way pre Line Six. <laughs> way <laughs> like back. So that the two acoustics that I've tried that I liked the best were the Grand Performer, uh, the the Rosewood Grand Performer mm-hmm. from Martin, the Martin Taylor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because they're calling it the Grand Performance instead of the Grand Performance, right there next to Taylor's name. I know, with, right? With, the, with the, the the GA body style, the Taylor. Yep. Design. Yep. Pretty much. Yeah. And uh, the um, the new Oven Oven Call. Oven Call. Mm-hmm. Yep. With that top, I really like the. I mean, the Oven Call is of the two a more of a budget. When it comes to Martin, about sixteen hundred dollars yeah, budget. Bucks. I just sold one of those to a customer of mine here just a couple of weeks ago, and he loves it, absolutely loves it. And the and the thing that fatigues I should have I should have mentioned this about the the breed love. The thing that fatigues me the most is the is the tension. Mm. You know, I I'm fighting the strings more because when you're playing an acoustic, you tend to play further towards the nut. Than you do when you're playing electric. I mean, it's just it's just the right. nature of the beast. You don't play much but above the eighth, ninth fret, right? Unless you're me, and then you want to, and then you want a guitar that has 24 frets and a Venetian cutaway. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think there's 24 frets on a Martin that I've looked. Well, at. That, all um, right. So I don't know if you've ever talked about my uh, my acoustic and like what I what I've done with it. So I've got a I've got an Ivan as an AE. Um, AEW or something. It's like some acoustic electric thing. And I've had it for like years and it's it's awful. But uh it doesn't really matter because I put <laughs> I put an unwound G on it because I, I literally string it up oh. with electric strings because I cannot stand wound G strings. I literally I, I can't. I can't do it. So um, it's not good for <laughs> Oh, I know it's not, but it's a piece of shit guitar, so who cares? Right. Uh. <laughs> um, you're killing me. I want to. I want to put like because uh, I was thinking about it's like putting like a super heavy gauge like unwound G on there just to kind of make up for the tension. But uh, yeah, that that's how I am because I I've just never been able to get get along with uh, with acoustic guitars because I bend hell out of everything I do, um, and I like vibrato and stuff. And just like when I played that thing the other night, that that wound G string kills me. And I hear all these guys in like these other groups right now. They're way into wound G strings on electrics. I'm like, what in the hell? Like, what? Why? Why would you do this? It it just seems nuts to me. So, um, do you guys have a solution? They probably stay in tune better. Yeah, I'm sure it would. I'm sure. <laughs> a wound G, yeah, on electric. Now, so wound G on electric. What would be the thinnest wound G on electric that you would be able to get? Twenty four. <sighs> 24 because yeah, i because those are the still the ones that they have to indicate with the w yeah yeah 
I only ask because I usually play nines, but I've been playing more tens lately. Why? Do you play nines even on, uh, like, less Paul scale? No, I tend to play tens on this one. Okay. Well, so so wait, Jim. Jim, you're you're are are you exploring the idea of a wound G on your electrics? It's a possibility. I was thinking about putting a wound G on the last Paul and see what it Why? feels like. Somebody makes a set with a wound G. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to think of who it is. Diodario. Is it Diodario? Yeah. Yep. yeah. Yeah. We have to order him in because yeah. we've got one guy that plays uh, his uh, pretty much all of his electrics in standard e tuning with uh, the Wanji. Well, yeah, and- we had we had a, a few customers at uh, at my guitar center when I was there that would come in specifically for that Diodario set because uh, I I it may have been the only one that we carried. Now that I think about it, that had a Wanji on it. Yeah, and, and part of this, I'm I'm assuming part of this whole like Wanji movement has to do with the uh, the offset thing. Because I've heard the offset tremolos were designed to use a wound G. I don't know if that's true or not. And that's partially because they the higher tension actually helps the strings sit better on the bridge and all that. Um, so, I don't know. The mileage may vary. Because if you've ever, like, experimented with Jazz Masters or, or uh, um, you know, any of those sort of offset guitars, like the old tremolos, the, the strings don't really sit that deep in the uh, on the bridge in those. And so it's very, very easy for you, like bend and have the string pop out of the, the, uh, the saddle. So um, <laughs> that's why you know a lot of people are like, oh, you got to play with like thirteens, and like thirteens, like no, <laughs> just no. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I hate heavy strings. I can't stand them. And I mean, like I play all my twenty-five and a half inch scales. Now, I mean, I was playing nine to forty-six on just about everything, and. <clears throat> Uh, I, you know, I've gone back to nine to 42s on a lot of my 25 and a half inch scale guitars. And, uh, unless I've got them tuned down farther, like the, you know, my, uh, my, I've got a Charvel that I keep tuned down a whole step and sometimes drop it down to drop C. I put tens on that one. Uh, my, all my Gibson 24 three quarter inch scale guitars still have nine to 46 on them, but that's, I don't like to go any heavier than that. I just, uh, I've got one guitar that, uh, that's going to be that's going to actually get tuned down to drop a uh just because i did something with it in that tuning recently and i actually kind of like like the sound of it so it's going to have a specific application but that one i'm probably i'm either going to go with uh the dumb uh the dump one of those like the dump heavy strings like the 10 to two or something or you know or i might i might go like 1148 or something i decided yet uh i'll try both what what's the but, what's the highest gauge string like let's just go around the group here what's the highest gauge strings you've you put on a guitar uh, i'll go first i put 13s uh it was like 13 to i want to say it's like 54 something on a on a strat one time um and i played them for a good month and a half before i before i got rid of them and decided that i did not want to play with 13s <laughs> I I did you know there I was going through a phase there where I noticed a pretty significant tonal oh yeah definitely and uh, you know so I kept going to heavier strings on on uh, I was I was it was a, an, an Epiphone Les Paul that I had at the time and uh, I you know I got all the way up to I I think the the, hot, the heaviest I ever put on there was you know what are the not even slits what are those twelve to fifty four or something yeah. I was gonna say called uh, fifty six. Yes, uh, yeah, okay. So that's it. That's that's what I put on it, and you know, it, it. I noticed that it wasn't that much of a difference between that and beefy slinkies, which I think are the are the uh, the gauge set right underneath it. And yeah, eleven to fifty two, I think. Yeah, 
11 or something, 11 to 54 or something like that. Anyway. Oh yeah. 11 to 54. Yeah. But regardless, you know, there wasn't that much of a difference in that. I, and I hated the tension of him so high so much that I ended up going back to my six. That's the heaviest string I've used right there. That's one of the new ones that they just came out with, right? Yep. Yeah. The ultra slinky 10 to 48. Yep. That's a cross between the regular slinkies and the, uh, power slinkies is what that is. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, and it's, it's, I mean, the 10 to 48. So that's what's on there now. It's these mm-hmm. working out. All right. But, um, so has anybody tried the new X series of the nope, Darius? Don't make a the don't make a seven string. Yeah. They what? No, I've not tried them and, uh, we're not going to be carrying them. Really? No. Yeah. Really? I think the NYXLs are still fine. I know. I think the, the yeah. XDs are, I mean, I heard they're great strings. The reason why we're not carrying them is more um, on the back end of thing as far as the financial goes. It's just really not that different from a, uh, it's not a very good value in in the owner's opinion uh, when you compare them to NYXLs. Aren't I can see yeah. that. My, what are, I mean, aren't they coded though? No, they're treated. They're treated. They're treated, not coded. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so basically they're treated, That's what I'm, treated NYXLs in, right? They're cheaper, right? No, they're cheaper than yeah. XLs. Okay, yeah. so which I, which I find odd. Um, mm. so I don't know. I um, just thinking, I was gonna kind of posit my thoughts on heavier strings versus lighter strings and tonality. Like I got, so I I had this thing where for a while I was just kind of like experimenting with like elevens and twelves and stuff, and I and I realized I, I'm using tens by the way now. Um, and it's just standard sets of tens like you can that you'd normally buy. And I think I'm using ten to fifty two like on some stuff, but um Well that's on your seven, right? Yeah, oh that's no, I think that's actually ten to fifty nine. So that'd be a ten to fifty eight or fifty nine or something. Yeah. Say, I wish I could my, do ten to sixty two, but they don't make sets like that. Ten to ten to forty six is the norm. Yeah, no, I used the heavy bottom. Oh, okay. So, that's what I was gonna say. You're using yeah, heavy bottom. And yeah. and so here's the deal. Like I went, I, I did this experimentation for like a year or two where I was using like 11s and 12s. Um, and what I found was that like certain guitars, you need to, oh yeah, it's going to give me the tone, right? And it's going to make it all, all bigger. So it actually makes them sound kind of muddy. Um, and it, to, to a certain point, like you need that harmonic sparkle you're going to get out of a lighter gauge set of strings. If you just go up to bigger gauge strings, it just sounds muscular. It doesn't really, it doesn't really do a whole lot for the top end. So that's why I kind of compromised. I said, you know what? Tens are comfortable. I can get away with this. Right now, I'm actually, I'm so comfortable on tens. I'm actually thinking about going to 11s just to challenge myself. Not, for no other reason than to, like, I'm, it's very easy for me to play tens. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, such I'm a sloppy, lazy. I'm such a sloppy player as it is, especially, you know, with, I, you know, YouTube and, and the, the whole copyright thing, you know, forced me to, uh, you know, to start, you know, doing demos with, you know, original stuff. Which is and, cool. You know, yep. it, and I resisted it forever. And, but, you know, now that I've done, you know, now that I've been doing it for a while, it's, uh, you know, it's kind of also helped me discover a whole other side of, you know, you know, not just, not just playing guitar, but, you know, me as well. Yeah. You when know, you as, exercise as that part of your brain, it like becomes easier, but it also makes you realize <laughs> like, I can actually do this, you know, cause I, yeah. I I'm playing in a, in a yeah. cover outfit sort of, you know, and, and, I'm going in the completely opposite direction, which is like, wait, I can actually just play other people's music 
and you know, right. like it works out and I don't have to put on all this extra yeah. effort, you know? Yeah. All right. So, so we got to We got to talk about the elephant in the room or the elephant in the, in the retail business right now. And that is the ultra series of Fender. Cause I've had customers now come in, they've asked to see them, but the one thing that, that, um, I've seen with videos on them and I've seen with other stuff is they're very underwhelming as far as like, okay, we've got, we've got the, uh, we've got the fender, right. And fender comes out with this thing that they do like 10 days ahead of time. And they go, you'll never play a fender the same way again. I'm thinking standing up, sitting down with my hands, with a pick. What are you talking about? What is it that I'm going to do differently? That's going to happen. And then they, they say, okay, here it is. And they come out with a new set of noiseless pickups. That's even better than the last one, which was the last one was even better than the last one, which was even better hey, guess than the what? last one. They're still stacked humbuckers. And, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and the other side of it is, and I'm just, I'm just saying this it, it is okay. We're, we're finally going to put um, the, the access heel, but they Still have the flat, um, the plate thing. The the yeah, the plate. The, and so, really, in in you guys' opinion, I'm looking for your opinion. It's kind of similar. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. What is yeah? And and yet they're still not. Um, oh, and they took away the I um. Just uh, the, the deck way. is one profile instead of being a compound radius. It's one profile. Which that and, that, that in my uh, mind. I thought I read that was a compound radius. It's a 10 to 14, yeah. Well, according to, well, I'm just going by what, uh, uh, what you call Anderson's. it said. Um, I'm looking Anderson. it up while you talk, Jim. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look it up, please. And the other thing that, that they've done, and, and even so, then, okay, they haven't really changed the neck because those stainless steel strings, same tuners, same headstock. So the neck is no change. Mm-hmm. No, it's a case. compound. Except for the fretboard. It is a prep compound, so it's the same. It's yeah. the same thing. Seven to fourteen, yeah. Except, yep. except for the fretboard, I think they went back to rosewood. And, they uh, went back to they went back to rosewood on some of the models. Yep. That's correct. Unless so. unless they had maple, which they already had. Right. So um, instead of using fake a light or fake a light or whatever. Well, no, I'm t- it's <laughs> instead of using the striped ebony that they were using. Yeah. Which. Yeah, uh, yeah it was some kind of yeah. Some kind of striped ebony ebony that's mm-hmm. not really it, it's a different tree or whatever, but. Um, so a lot of people didn't like the look of the striped ebony is what I think it was. <laughs> and besides that. the, but here's the thing about the, here's the thing about the, um, the rosewood. Is it Brazilian? Cause if it's Brazilian, no. it's still CITES covered. No, it's, uh, it's not Indian. It's some other, it's not Indian rosewood though. It's, uh, okay. it's, uh, it's is it Caribbean. No, oh, is it that? I thought it came. It's 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 from an eastern country, but it's it's not Indian. I don't think. But it. it okay. Uh, uh, let me see if I can. Find it. Specs only say rosewood, so they don't. Yeah. On the fender side. Yeah, so they're not being specific because if it's Brazilian, then it's still covered by sightings. Yeah. Yeah, there's no. I highly doubt they would use Brazilian on a production yeah. guitar like that anymore. Yeah. 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 Uh, and, and if it were Brazilian, they'd be they'd be advertising all over the place because that would just sell like. They'd be yeah, exactly. Yeah. They'd be bragging about it. So, all right. So it, it, here's my question to you guys. I mean, when you saw this coming, and they said you'll never play a Fender the same way again, 
what were your expectations? Well, I let me let me first preface this by saying that our shop's not a Fender dealer. Never right. have been. We're a GNL dealer. Um, Yay! Just a you know, oh, just a you know. That's loud? what that's what the yeah. <laughs> the owner wanted to differentiate from everybody else. That's the rowdy one. Right. It's been good to us. Right. Now, what I was expecting when I saw the uh, the Ultra series was I was like, well. I just built this Warmoth that had the contours, the stainless steel frets, the roasted neck and the roasted body, the modern Fishman uh, pickups, you know, a modernized Telecaster, right? I'm like, oh, Yours man, is they're, more they're, modern than they're going to make a production model just like my guitar. How cool is that? And then this comes out and I'm like, oh, great. So I'm, <laughs> I'm not remote. I, I don't think they're bad guitars. I'm sure, you know, Fender's no. always making a nice guitar, but... Um, I'm not impressed. I think for two thousand dollars, it's a it's a tough sell to me because two thousand dollars gets you into well, it gets you into the GNL, yeah, um, but it gets you into a custom warmoth that granted you do have to find a qualified tech to build it for you, of course. Um, but then it also get, opens you up to a huge market of uh, fantastic used uh, Strat style and T style instruments as well. Dude, yeah. dude. Um, I, I want to. I, I kind of want to take this and I want to go around the group and talk about what your idea of like what the ultra should have been um my my yeah that's my what personal impression about. is it should have been like it should have been uh new bridge right like like a godo style bridge right so like what you're gonna see on the sir stuff right um yeah five, ten. yeah right stainless steel frets absolutely stainless steel frets bake make block option right um and and or rosewood mm -hmm. and you could do regular maple with rosewood um I think that the cutaway should have been slightly deeper, and I think that the uh, the heel should have been sculpted more than it is because just looking from the photographs, it's it, it's still like an inch thick. I mean, even it, even at its smoke, because like it, the heel on a Strat is like almost two inches thick. It's crazy. It's like an inch and a half thick, and and they've shaved it down, you know, half inch, quarter inch where it's where it's rounded away. And sure, you know, that it's nice to have the angle because your handle fit it better. But it, but I've been playing strats for years, and I can tell you that's still not better than like a PRS CE, right? Which has basically no heel. All right, um, mm -hmm. I I I think that they would have been better off if they they, they more deeply sculpted the heel, um, offered the baked option, um, the pickups. Eh, I mean, honestly, I kind of would would like to see them go to Fishman and get and get uh, a strat set made by Fishman that's specifically for their guitars. Um, oh yeah, that'd be cool because they're not, I mean, they're not stacked humbuckers, but they are damn close to real single coil pickups. And, and if don't mind my, uh, bringing this up, um, Nick, uh, Nick Bongers from Great Lakes Guitar Pickups show sponsor. Um, he even said, if I was going to buy a new set of pickups today, what I would buy is Fishman Fluence because he yeah. makes everything else, but he said, but he basically said like, they're really cool and they're, they're innovative and different. Um, so yep. I haven't gotten a plan. Yeah, I've yet I've yet to get to try. And there's there's a couple of Ivan. You know, when I was buying my sector, I was back and forth between that and uh, uh, a, a specific Ivan model. And the reason why I was I would have bought that one is specifically because I have a Fishman Fluence pickup setup. And, you know, I've heard nothing but good things about it. But I decided, you know, before I buy a guitar specifically for the pickups, you know, maybe I should buy a you know buy the sector that I want specific. You know, because it's actually you know a little practical for what i'm going to use it for for this particular application so mm -hmm. 
Yeah, the Fishmans have been great. I mean, I've I've got the the Telecaster set. Um, I've played the uh, the classics, the moderns, and then the the Kill Switch Engage signature set, and they've all been really good. I mean, I think the the problem for a lot of people is they're like, oh, wait a minute, it takes a battery, so it's like EMGs, they're and, and it's just like not the EMGs. case at all. Nothing. No. no. Um, and if you get the right set, or if they set it up the right way, the batteries are USB record or um, USB chargeable. Yep. Exactly. And, you, and who is it? Greg Cock, who plays the crap out of his yeah, guitar, gets days out of his batteries. Oh, or no, weeks, those batteries will last you six months in an hour or an hour. Months, two a day. Yeah, yeah. I haven't charged mine in I don't remember how long. I may have not have even needed it then. Mm. So, yeah. um, and, and so that's as easy as getting one of those charge things just to carry for your phone anyway. Right. Plug in the done. Yeah, yeah. I don't see I, problem. I, hmm. Honestly, like I, so I was pricing on another Kiesel a while back before I went into the, into money save mode. And uh, I was looking at doing Fishman's in it. I was going to buy a set of Fishman's and send them to them and have them install them. Because I'm just like, yeah. at this point, nothing else really makes sense to me when you can have multi-voice pickups. I mean, the fact that you, you can have a push-pull toggle and suddenly your pickup is either a single coil, and I'm not talking about splitting. It is either a single coil sound or it is a uh, a humbucker sound, or you can have vintage and modern voicings. Like, that's a no-brainer. Yep. Um, well, all right, let's talk about some of the things that people do to fenders to make them, quote-unquote, better. All right? We've, we've talked about the, the um, pickups, right? People change the uh the pots and the um the tone controls right uh, tone and volume pots um people tuners, tuners not tuners not you know yeah some you know depending on the model some people swap and swap out the bridge too uh you know, jazz, yep, jazz, I, I know so many jazz bass players that every time they buy a jazz bass first thing they do is dump the bridge for a badass badass yep so, yeah so i'm just gonna say they go to the badass bridge and badass makes bridges for strats now and tellies too. Mm -hmm. Right. So I, I, I'm just saying that there were so many things, um, that, uh, we are not getting in, you know, in this new modern quote unquote modern design that really all they did to me was change a, a little bit of the, a little bit of the voicing of the pickups and the and the heel of the deck joint. I, I dare I say this, Fender made more modern guitars in the eighties than what they're making out of this thing. Oh sure, what did uh, what did Ty Tamer play? Uh, the, 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 well, there's the Fender, Fender oh, heavy yeah. metal strat that comes to mind too. No, but he played. Uh, I, I want to say it was called uh, Fender Ultra. Oh no, there is. Yeah, there was an Ultra series in the nineties. That's mm -hmm. what yeah. he played. Yeah. For a while, yeah. I mean, obviously he's played a ton of different guitars, but that's one of the ones he was known for was that Fender uh, Ultra In fact, Strat. I think when I saw them uh, with Dream Theater and Satriani many, many years ago, that's what he was playing. Yeah. You know, the yep. thing that, that blows me away with the, uh, the Ultra is that, uh, you know, we're saying stuff like baked maple, stainless steel frets, uh, no plate on the, 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 the neck joint, right? Yep. Did, does that ring a bell to anybody else as far as what uh, Fender themselves sort of make? The uh, the Charvel Guthrie Gov. Yeah. 
I was just going to say, we got a great Charvel in the store. Yeah, well, and then the Charvel Sandima series, but then the, yeah, the Guthrie Govan is basically, like, exactly what it should be. Yeah, see, that's the thing, though. Um, I almost feel like Fender should have not took their foot into the modern pond because they have Jackson and Charvel who already sort of do that for them. Yeah, right. And and the truth is... um, the, the Charvel we just like the Charvel we just got, which is what Jeff was talking about. That came into the store; it was gone in two weeks or less. It, the um, the fact is that that people lo- saw that Charvel and they wanted that guitar. That was an awesome guitar. Yeah, they're and, nice. And like you said, and, and as far as being modern, here's the thing that they didn't do on this track. That they did on the on the Charvel. They put the they put the uh, jack for the guitar input jack in the right place. It's in a nice um, spot so that you can you can put it in, take it out, and it's and it's right there where most people are going to wrap the strap, right? You're going to bring the the um, the wire through the strap and go in, and sure enough, it's right there where you would be right at the strap button. Is it so, inverted too? Yeah. Did okay. you see it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm just saying it's a it's a killer guitar. And where you are on where are you on this, Robert? you know i'm i'm uh i don't know i i understand i i honestly don't don't understand what everybody's bitching about to be honest i mean yeah that's you know it's it's the old elite series from what i can tell you know yeah. it's the old elite series with a different fretboard but uh you know in whatever for whatever the reasons were for changing the fretboard i don't know the old elite series is the old deluxe series mm-hmm. you know yep. and again there wasn't really yep. much of a change from you know from that series to the next you know i, I uh you know and i was i was looking at them uh, on our website just the other day and price points are identical you know to what yeah what the yeah. elite series are but the elite, so you know i mean obviously yeah. they're you know the elites are going are on the way out right you know and this is what's replacing them you know so i don't right. uh i don't understand what what everybody's complaining about i would i would i think it's i'll tell you what jim i if somebody handed me a wrote a a rose a, a, a rosewood ultra strat ultra strat with a rosewood fretboard three you know triple signal coiled i would i would play that guitar to death and i wouldn't change a thing on it i have uh, I, and that's what i was going to say to you i love the guitar it's just it's not going to change the it's way the marketing I play fender that's, that's what people are fired exactly up Everybody it's got nothing like, to do with the guitar. It's hundred percent the marketing. And, and, sure. and actually, if you want to, if you want to take a step back, like this has been the Fender marketing machine the last couple of years. And I think people are going to get kind of just getting tired of it. Um, it not the way that they hyped this one, but like they're doing things over there in R and D and stuff that's like really questionable. For example, um, the Acoustasonic, you know that that whole debacle. Yeah. Um, it's just it's like okay, yeah, I get it. Like this is a product that you guys came up with and. They, where they did the uh, the alternate universe series, which was just like you know basically a grab bag of parts, and it's like right. you guys <laughs> like come up with something cohesive. I want to see a new design. I, I as much as Gibson was poo pooed when they came out with their with their new model, right? The one that was like kind of like oh that looks like a PRS. Um, that model I forget what it's called. The modern, yeah. Is it is that what it is? A Gibson modern, oh, modern. Um, modern, double yeah, version. whatever. It, it, like or did they even? But at least yeah. that was a cohesive design. That was like, I just thought it was cool. I thought that was a cool yeah. looking guitar. I thought yeah, I did too. I thought it was expensive for what it is. Yeah, but I think it's a it's cool not. It's not like throwing yeah. shit against the wall to see what sticks or coming up with some 
like getting a getting a, a group of engineers in a room and going, hey, what can we build now? Like that's that's not what Fender should be doing. Um, now I'm okay with I'm okay with most of the other line. I think Jim and I have talked about on the show before where we you know they produce way too many different varieties of guitars. Like they have like 50 artist models. It's just insane. Um, mm. But it's very strange to me that there are all these artist model guitars and stuff, and then there's like you know, a handful of actual guitars that are produced for, for what they would consider players, you know, people that are like gigging every night and that kind of thing. Cause I don't think the artist models find themselves, find themselves in gigging players hands as much. I'm not saying that that doesn't happen. Like, obviously I've gigged a, an SRV before and, and uh, I know other people have as well, but mm -hmm. I, I just think that, that those are more aimed at like collectors or people that are into a particular artists than they are like the guy that's playing, you know, 10 gigs a week or 10 gigs a month um for for actual money you know i i think i'm more hyped personally about what they're going to do because there's there's changes coming to the classic vibe series and i think i'm more hyped about what's coming with the i classic think a lot vibe of people series. are and what they did with the ultra series and the only reason i say that is because in a realistic world the number of people including myself who are interested in purchasing a classic vibe is a lot higher than those who were even interested in the elites, mm -hmm. much less the new, the new ultras. Don't get me wrong. I would love an ultra. I I'll tell you, Robert, we've got an elite in the store. That's got that, that Rosewood neck you're talking about. But the, the ebony, and that, but the, oh. all right. All right. The, the, the striped ebony fretboard. Uh, the, no, the, the, uh, the Rosewood neck. And oh Rosewood, yeah. 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 Yeah, the rose. Yeah, so mm -hmm. yeah, those are sharp. So, Gorgeous. Mm -hmm. All right, so here's a, well, let's talk about the classic vibe, like the the whole the whole like Squire revolution, because yeah. I because I I really do believe there's a revolution going on in that in that product line over the last ten years, right? Um, I think so. I played an Affinity today. I I've been I've been doing the uh you know the the telecat the cheap telly thing because I want a workhorse that I could beat the hell out of and not care about. Um. <laughs> And I yep. went to Guitar Center with the sole intention of playing like cheap, inexpensive Telecasters. I played a Bullet today. I played an Affinity, and I played um, I played a Player Telly earlier this week. And and I gotta say, so the Player Telly, I you can keep that thing. I, I I honestly did not. I was I was shocked by how for the money, so it's six hundred fifty bucks, I could go buy a GNL tribute right that I think trounces. The player series telecaster at that plus. price for about a hundred bucks. For hundred right. bucks plus. Um, mm. and I, 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 so this is what's crazy though. The I liked the affinity I played with the with the string through bridge, right? Better <laughs> than I liked the player's telly, and I, I, wow. I actually didn't mind the bullet that much. I mean, yes, they both had their issues. Okay, mm. so both the bullet and the the. Uh, affinity would have had to you know i would have had to have them dressed and crowned and all that um and i think the uh the, the bullet had a high fret um above above 12 but um other than that i mean they were they i, I could gig that guitar i could take it out and i could play it again now that's what got me though you know why the pickups used to be garbage in those guitars and the tuners used to be garbage and I used to like I had an affinity years ago and it had I, I came out of the box with high frets. The the pickups are way too hot. The tuners were bad. Like it wasn't I, I kept the guitar and I played it for a while. 
um, there were some finish flaws. These guitars are not like that at all. I mean, these are, you know, why? Yeah, sure. Go ahead, Robert. I just learned, I just learned this recently. Fender has finally come to the realization that so many people out there buy Squire for their first guitar. And therefore they put a lot more effort, you know, and time and, uh, uh, and expense really into making sure that the Squire guitars are set up and ready to go out of the box than they do the upper end lines. Because, you know, obviously, you know, a first time, you know, somebody buying their first guitar, pulling, a, pulling that Squire out of the box is not going to know how to, you know, to do any kind of setup work at all. Yeah. Uh, yep. But with the higher end models, you know, they, they figure, you know, if something's a little off, you know, a player's probably going to be able to fix it themselves, let them deal with it. Uh, but you know, they have this, but they have put a lot more effort into increasing, raising the quality of the Squire guitars and not treating them like an afterthought like they did for 20 years. I think uh, that makes total sense because that's that first impression. That's exactly. And it's not, a, not just a first impression of guitar. It's a first impression of Fender. And that's right? exactly why they're doing it because they're, they're doing it to drive more business. Down They've the worked road. really hard and to I will, take that I, segment right now. They got the fender play thing that you cannot escape on YouTube. If you watch any guitar videos whatsoever. Oh my God. I, will, I gotta give, I gotta give fender a lot of credit there yep. because they are, you know, as far as their marketing goes, yeah, you know, yeah, they, 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 they poo pooed the, uh, the ultra series and whatever that thing was that they released a couple of weeks ago that we only got a back profile shot of it looked like looked like half of an ice man and i still <laughs> yeah. don't know what it i still don't know what the hell that thing is that's uh, the ultra that was the ultra <laughs> yeah was it yeah, like the jazz yeah, master yeah, it was one of the like other that? models I thought, yeah yeah i thought yep, yep. I, I thought i saw a bottom horn in that video that it's like an it ultra was, yep it's the did ultra they do, jazz did master. they do elite oh, sets okay. before or is that new to the ultra line no that's okay. new to the ultra line yeah uh, but anyway, regardless, the uh, uh, they have put you know, they are very, very you know, d- despite all the you know, the marketing faux pas that they've had uh, with their upper end lines recently, one thing they do very, very well is drive future business. Uh, you know, not just to them, but you know, to everybody else in the guitar industry for that matter. You know, they're trying to yeah. encourage more lifelong players at, at an early age, and uh, you know, yeah. they're being smart about it. So, and part of that obviously is put more money into uh, into raising the quality of the Squire stuff. So oh, I I wholeheartedly agree with you. Um, what I was saying earlier, uh, the it was Anderson's when they did the video on the new Ultra series. Mm-hmm. They said, "Yeah, we've got the Ultra, um, uh, you know, the Ultra series, um, and it it covers bases." Uh, Stratocasters, Telecasters. Um, what's the other one? Uh, and um, the Jazzmasters. But they didn't do the video for the Jazzmasters. I don't know why they haven't Maybe released they're that not video in yet. I wonder if there's. I wonder if Fender's. Yeah, I wonder if Fender's still holding off. No, they had them in. They had them. We had. A, oh, we. Have you ever had this happen to you guys? We had a. Um, so we've got some guitar, some Fender stuff. I can't talk about or. Even talk about the fact that I've seen. Um, we have some guitars that we aren't even supposed to unbox yet. Somebody okay, was unboxing yeah. one. Yeah, I, I was like, I know, no, I put it in a box. Put it in a box. What's that? You, have you, you guys can't unbox these yet. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Whatever you say, dude. Now, 
Now I know, Jeff, Jeff, you've been sworn to secrecy on some things in the past where like you guys can't talk about something that's going to happen. Um, and yeah, do you guys don't have to sign like NDAs or anything for that? Right. I mean, they don't get like crazy like Fender does where like the boxes are sitting there and you're not allowed to open them. No, for I, us, it's usually uh, you could lose your, your right, dealership right. if you blow it. Yeah. Yeah, I've you know I've most recently most recent one I can think of, and I'm sorry, Jim, was the uh, the the katana too. You know the because uh, like uh, <laughs> the <laughs> sorry, the, you know, I, I think I think it was. Uh, oh, he's so I, I know, I know what he said. <laughs> it was like a, I, I, I had no, you know when when they, when they released it for like. You know when they released the katana too, you know, and I saw you and I saw your post in the group. I was like, God, I've known about this for a week. <laughs> I couldn't say anything. <laughs> I felt so. And if I had I already been so working bad. in the business, I would have already known. No, we'd have gone through training. I don't, think, I don't think you would have because I mean, I I found out directly from the boss rep. They happened to be in our office. Oh, so I don't. Yeah. I, you know, they it wasn't a company announcement. So, now, uh, so that's another thing. Like we we could talk about that because we're talking about controversial stuff, like the Ultra, um, the Katana Two. Um, so that's another like market disruptor, right? Like there's a lot of people saying that the that the Katana is like redefined what inexpensive like practice amps can do. Um, and I don't know if we've started to see the trickle down evidence of that yet. Like where other brands are coming out with other things, like like obviously Black Star came out the silver line um but uh just get your guys' thoughts on that do you i mean are you are you guys selling a lot of katanas um do the people that have katanas are they do they already own really expensive other amps and they're buying the katana for some specific need or is it more of a um like a beginner amp thing i just kind of get your impression all of the above yeah i think it's all the above i mean because the there's guys that have you know five thousand dollar prs handmade stack um that bought a katana 50 because it looked kind of cool and was a novel thing for only 220 yeah. bucks but then yeah there's the kids that are like wow i can get a you get a hundred watt amp for 360 bucks that's crazy you know and right. they're happy with it so I, yeah you know yeah. we we stopped carrying uh we stopped carrying the um well maybe i shouldn't say the name we stopped carrying another one of the practice amps by another one of the companies that we uh, carry their line just because they were sitting in a box, never touched. And uh, the Katana stuff was just in and out, in and out of the yeah. door. Um, so, yeah, it's been it's been pretty transformative, I think, in, in that uh, price segment yeah. for sure. I I was uh, about a year and a half ago. Uh, this is another time uh, that the boss rep was was in the office and uh, he told me, you know, a kind of an interesting story behind the katanas is they he said the boss originally just came out with the katanas just be, they just wanted something you know in that arena you know just they you know they just just something to compete with you know the line six fighters and the mustang you know the fender mustang gts and uh the pv vipers and you know the they just wanted something in there they didn't you know they didn't have any high expectations or anything they just wanted something you know and next thing they knew, it took off and became the best-selling line in that entire arena. And you know, if you guys, if you guys remember, those things were on back order there for a while because it took off on them. Oh yeah, and they're still the best-selling. Yep. Uh, they're still the best-selling. We know it's not a modeling amp, but that's what it sells as. And uh, I, if you guys saw my uh, recent video on uh, solid-state amps, 
Uh, that I, I didn't include. No, that but I'm sure people were like, "Why the hell didn't you?" Yeah, yeah, and that's one. Of, that's one of the ones that kept coming up in the comment section of that video. Boss Katana, Boss Katana, you know, and there were others, but that's that's one that kept getting that kept coming up over and over and over again. All right. So you know. So when I bought mine, because I've had two of them, Jim's had four, five now. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah, I've had. Yeah. I bought. I bought the hundred. Well, two of the fifties and three out of five. Three out of I bought the hundred yeah, lot. I had it for about six months. I sold it. I bought. Uh, I went to Gear Fest. I ended up buying a head because they were only like two hundred and forty dollars or something. I actually, I actually sold it for more wow. money than I bought it for new. All right. So, wow. um, I bought one, uh, and I used the hell out of the head. Um, and I, I mean, I did videos with it, and I had it on the cabinet and everything, and I was doing the whole thing and like it. You know what? For what it is, for that is the best sounding two hundred and fifty dollar amp I've ever played in my life. Until I played, and this is going to sound really bad, and I'm sure I'm going to get, a, I'm going to catch a lot of hell. Um, the Randall RG, the RG, I think it was like the RG100, and and here's the reason why. So like, the the Katana can do a lot of things. It's 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 very versatile amp, right? You can do like bluesy stuff, and you can get all the way up to like metal. You're not going to get into super metal territory, I don't think, at least in my my estimation, unless you're running one of the inbuilt drives, which I didn't think were all that fantastic into you know, the, the, one of the lead channels or whatever. Um, so you're not going to do cannibal corpse with it, but the, but the Randall, it had a really good pristine clean and it has the most brutal sounding metal distortion you've ever heard in your life. And honestly, like if I was going to go tour in a metal band, that's probably what I would go buy. I don't think I would bother trying to get like a Diavolo or anything like that. I would literally just go get like <laughs> RG and be like, beat it up, <laughs> you know, throw it in the pit. It'll live. <laughs> I I'd, I'd go Diablo just because I already own one. I love that head, but uh, but I I will concede. What you know, one thing Randall does very very well is make solid state amplifiers. Yeah, I mean very the well. the Randall the Randall solid state heads are, I guess I call them two trick yep. ponies. They got like you said, they have a great clean channel, and they just they have that defining uh, solid state metal sound that's fantastic. Yep. Um, but it's it's kind of a different beast though than the Katana. Yep. I mean the Katana is more of a yeah. Jack totally, totally. Oh yeah, but yeah, the Randalls are fantastic. No, they, I mean, I I get it. Like, if you don't play in that genre, like the Randalls not going to be your cup of tea. Like nobody, you know. Oh no, it's yeah, it's no. not my thing at all. But I can, you know, I yeah, respect so, it. Um, it, it kind of, you know, what it reminds me of is like a solid state equivalent of like a dual rectifier with a tube screamer out front. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think, and and. It, based on my experience with the katana like if you have something um akin to uh uh you know a helix axe effects um temper or even like the head rush or the gt1000 if you have any of those products i mean there's really no point to owning the katana um because it fills so much of those niches and the where the katana is flexible is like it's light and it has a lot of power, but if you've got one of those other modelers, you can just go direct to the board, and then it's you know you're off the races. So that's why I sold mine. It, not with I love Boss products. I love just about everything they have ever made. I, I'm a I'm a Boss fanboy, but I will say one thing that they did not do well on the GT1000. I don't believe it has any IRs. Uh, no, it does. It has uh, eight, it, eight slots. It does. Does it? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's just like a few. Like, is it eight slots? It's very, very few. Because I know on the uh, the boss was a two vamp expander. It's only four IR slots, yeah. mm-hmm. which is which is absolutely I think it's crazy on the on the GT one thousand. Is it? Is yeah. It? So it it does do IRs, but it's extraordinarily limited when you look at you know Helix, Fractal, and that you know all okay. that stuff. Maybe, that, maybe that's what I was thinking. It's um, it's just strange. Like, what what is the? T- I'd be curious to see what the technical limitation to only allowing four or four to eight IRs at a time is. The arg- at the same time, though, the argument can be made: how many cap sounds do you need? I mean, <laughs> well, and that's that's what David and I were discussing because I was looking at the boss, uh, the the two amp expander, and uh, and I was like, man, there's only four slots. But then I'm like, you know what though? I use like yeah. four IRs. <laughs> So yeah. it probably is not that big of a deal for most people, but I think when people are so used to seeing thousands of options all at all at your fingertips, it's like people, a strange are, limitation. people are into the idea of when you buy a digital piece of gear, like having like a ninety nine presets or you know a thousand presets, and it and it's like right. when you tell yeah. somebody, well, you're really only going to use like eight of them anyway. I mean, honestly, my Helix when I when I was using it, I had like twelve presets I used total. And it was like, you got 400 yep. in here. What the hell Me do too. I need that for? Like, I'm, I'm not going to have one for every song. So I have nine. That's it. Um, but yeah, I don't. I, uh, oh, when I'm when I'm recording on my doll right now, I've got. Well, if I'm using a virtual, if I'm using virtual amps. And a lot of times, you know, most of that stuff that I use is uh, the amplitude. You know, of course, they've got full rigs and stuff that uh, like the actual IRs that I use for like my own amps and stuff like that. Right now I've got two. I just bought a two notes capper, which comes with 16 more from the wall of sound. I, I haven't picked those out yet to choose, but uh, you know, so I'm going to wind up with 18 or 20 when I'm done. And that's probably going to be about 14 or 15 more than I'm ever. Yeah. Well, that's why I was just going to say, so like I have, I bought a couple of packs from different places and there are very specific IRs for certain amps. Like if I'm going to use a, a deluxe reverb, I want to have a deluxe reverb cab IR running. But if I'm going to use like pretty much everything else goes through like, you know, some sort of Marshall loaded, you know, either 212 or 412 um, with, you know, very specific microphones that I like. And, th- and that's it. And mm-hmm. even in the Kemper world, I mean, um, I tend to favor like these couple of IRs that I that I imported. Um, even though that's, you know, you've got an IR with every amp model in the Kemper, you know, it's not, it's totally not necessary. Um, I feel right. like some of my, my IRs are I'm just so comfortable with them. That's what I use. Um, and it's getting mm-hmm. to the point where the, the gear choices we make are actually just like software choices, really. I mean, it's, it's, you know, Hey, w- which IRs do you use instead of, you know, back in the day when it was like, well, which, which, uh, which greenbacks do you have in your Marshall four by 12? It's, you know, it's, uh, which IR do you use and what company do you prefer? You know? Um, yeah. so yeah. when I was doing, when I was doing live streams on my channel there for a while, uh, you know, which uh, unfortunately I, I, I had to, you know, it was only so many hours in the day, so I had to get away from doing oh, it yeah. all the time. But, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, especially now that you, again, YouTube forced me to write my own, write and track my own, my own stuff, which is <sighs> time consuming. But anyway, uh, yep. there's one, there was one time I was plugging in and, you know, and goofing around and, you know, the question, question I kept getting over and over is what plugins are you using? And, <laughs> uh, you know, it was like, I mean, when I was your age, it was what pedals are you using? Or, you know, stuff like that. So I know, right. It, it's so weird to have people ask you those kind of questions. It's like, um, 
there's so many more people who are willing, honestly, to come in and talk more about the plug-in type stuff. Mm. Like you, that you would never hear of somebody coming in 10 years ago and ask you to, can I plug into that line six and that, that head rush, you know, um, uh, monitor versus can I come in and play uh, through, you know, this head and this cab and everything else. So now the cabs and the heads sit and the modelers walk, run out the door when it comes to, especially user, yeah. mm-hmm. the next, the next tone, the, the, um, we were talking about it earlier, the, uh, um, what the heck is it? My boss katana. So the other room, um, the boss katana or, um, uh, the, I've sold, I sold all the, the Bogner line six spiders we had. <laughs> you guys, it's not that hard. hard. They do sound pretty good. I mean, we had, they're kind of cartoonish. No, but... we had three that came in used. Oh, used. Yeah. Okay. We, I was yeah, going to say, you, you guys they still got some of those laying around. My God. All right. <laughs> yeah. I, I was, I was at the, I was at the store when those ants came out new. And yeah. uh, I mean, the fir- the very first thing they hadn't been out two, three months before they started getting returned, you know, with they're blowing yep. up people. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And, and, and that's actually the reason that the Bogner Alchemist was not successful either, because you didn't know Bob's- the Bogner Alchemist was his reciprocating thing from line six, because of course he designed oh, yeah. the, the Bogner designed the, the power amp for the spiders they allowed him to have an amp built in their Chinese facility um, and distributed here in the States. And that yeah. was Bogner Alchemist, which yeah. is a cool ass amp, yeah. but they are totally unreliable. Um, and I do have, I do have a buddy of mine that bought one there after they've been discontinued and they were blowing them out for like yeah. 300 bucks or something. Yeah. He bought, wow. he bought one of those. Uh, he bought one of those from me there. Cause we happen to, we happen to have one in the box and he's had it for a few years and never had several years now i never had a single problem yep. so i mean they, they weren't all like that but you know right. but there are plenty of reports of you know of, of bad units out there that, uh that's the reason why they were discontinued pretty quick and the spiders know, and the, i don't think anything's as bad as yeah well and i and, and i think it's also worth mentioning all those amps were all built in the line six factory in china pre yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah mm-hmm. and and actually that was probably the last like big product that they put out because they did the PA stuff after that, but then they, then then Yamaha bought them, and it was yeah they did the P, the, the DT series came out after that too the DT series I think the oh fire, you're right right right, right. Well, I right think up. the DT was after Yamaha but you're right no that was before mm-hmm. um no because the DT what the DT amps specifically uh, which I think sounded great by the way but uh, one thing that they that they did one feature that they had that was very Line Six esque was you could you could control the whole thing with uh, the pod. Yeah, they had what they called the dream rig. This whole idea that you could have this and then the, uh, their PA cabinet and then the DT 25 and the, the uh, pod XT and like they would all work in unison and they used that AES EBU connector to do all that, which is, which is cool. Um, I Mm. like ecosystems like that. I'm looking at uh, source audio stuff right now and they have some, some pretty crazy ecosystem stuff. That's very similar. Um, and yep. I kind of feel like get their EQ pedal. By the way. Yeah, that they, they've got. I, dude, I'm getting the the Kingmaker. I'm very very interested in that. I'm probably going to buy one. Um, so I don't know. I mean, uh, I guess we're, we're wrapping up here. Let's let's Jim. Let's switch gears. Let's talk about 
crazy story you want to share yeah. from uh, your experience as a retailer? Jim, you do it every episode. You skip. You. Oh, so I know. Yeah, let's go with let's go with Jeff. A yeah, crazy something story? that's just funny and like yeah. like uh, Michelangelo Badio getting the fan and his writer. So there was a guy in the audience that, that <laughs> there was one person in the audience and it was a guy going, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There's there's a lot of strange things that happen. Um, you know, outside of the people coming in constantly asking if we have uh, any uh, cigarettes or because they're right ATM next to a bar, which which happens. Uh, yeah, we're right next to a bar, so I, I guess I understand to a certain extent. But I'm like, dude, we're a guitar shop. All right. Shop, the worst man. part about Good Time Music is not the store at all. It has nothing to do with the store. Their location. They're next to this bar. I don't know what the name of it is. Any time or something is the name of the bar, but um, I, and, I'm not even sure it, is, it is packed all the time. So you can't find a place to park at good time. Like, you know, parking across the street, walking over there. But the funny part is like, you see people that are so hammered all the time and they show up at like two o'clock in the afternoon and they're already hammered when they walk in and they're like, stumbling through the parking <laughs> oh, yeah, they drove sure. drunk to the bar <laughs> So they could get more drunk and then drive home. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> appalling. Yep. They were... <clears throat> yeah, if you're a people watcher, it's a great shop to work at because um, <laughs> you see all sorts of weird stuff going by. It's yeah. hysterical. <laughs> I remember I remember being there one night where um guys came in. Um they were they came in the shop and they were like they were all metal guys, right? And they were just like kind of screwing around. And then they just like came in, walked through the place, and then walked out. And then they went next door and played a show. Now I don't, I don't know, I don't think you guys left until later because it was like a Friday night or something. And when I left, the they had a U-Haul truck pulled up in front of the bar, and they were wheeling out four by twelve cabinets, multiple four by twelve cabinets into this bar. And I'm sitting there going. Are you freaking serious? You know, like what? Because I've been in that bar. There's nothing there. Like how? How many four no. by twelves you need for that bar? <laughs> I think they had more four by twelve cabinets in the bar than what were in Good Time Music. Yeah, uh, that's probably accurate. I I don't play out anymore, but I used to love when you know you audition another guitar player and the dude shows up on a full stack, and the first thing he does when he shows up, you look at him. And where are you exactly planning on playing? That? Yeah, and they're like they're like the local bar. Yeah, it, it, when the full stack is bigger yeah, than the I'm stage. Not... <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, oh yeah, I've seen. I, I've walked by bars where you can see in the window by where the stage is at, and the dude's got a four by twelve Marshall, and he's standing there like with his guitar trying yeah. to play. I'm like, dude, you look like a jerk with that. With the that tonic stack room. There. When I went down to that place, um, the the stage is like literally like three feet wide, and you put your amp behind you. And then there's like no room to move because your pedal board's in front of you. I mean, literally, if you take one step forward or backwards, you're running into something or or like stepping on something. And I just can't imagine if somebody brought like a full stack in there. But we were sitting there and they had this little video screen and they show things that have gone on in that venue. And there was a guy like <laughs> with a straight up like full stack. And I'm going, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, it's like, seriously. Anyway. <laughs> Oh, I will. I will. I got a, a, a few stories to share and hopefully I don't hijack too much. You should you should do a whole 
like one of your videos of your stories. But go ahead. I'm still employed by him, so I gotta, you know. They, yeah. By the way, Jim, don't. Th- oh no, you don't have to. Don't don't think they're not gonna listen yeah. to this. By the way, so yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm uh, sure. Yeah. Um, they there. I'll tell you what. One of the the best pieces of advice that I ever got. That, you know, uh, my first store manager, DJ, the guy that hired me. Uh, my first week there, he looked at me and, and said, you know, this is, so this is what makes this job really, really cool. He said, there are people that dream about owning, owning the Fender Strat. There are people that dream about owning the Gibson Les Paul. Yep. And when they come in and they buy that, they're finally able to buy that first Gibson, the first Fender Strat or Les Paul, and they buy it from you, you are going to be part of that memory and they're going to remember it forever. And I, and, you know, and I got to thinking about it. You know, and I absolutely remember the guy that sold me my first, you know, that red guitar right yeah. there. You know, yeah. I, I remember that that entire experience, you know, that that was more than 30 years ago. Uh, you know, and I took that very, very seriously. And, you know, so for that reason, you know, man, I tried to, you know, treat every customer that I worked with, uh, you know, as, you know, as the, the slogan said at the time, you know, with making dreams come true. Um, <clears throat> you know, the, there was, uh, there's one time, I remember that, you know, of course, a guitar center, you, know, you buy and sell used gear all the time. There was a couple of young gals that came in and they, you know, they were, they were carrying in this beat up, and I mean beat up, uh, Les Paul Jr. Okay. I think it was. It was a Gibson, but it was, I mean, this thing, I mean, the finish was stripped down to bare wood. It was, uh, yep. you know, the paint was all the way gone. It was scratched. It was, you know, it was... I took one look at this thing and I was like, I don't want this thing. I'm, there's no way I'm going to be able to offer him a hundred bucks in this thing. And it's not going to be worth my time, you know? So I'm going through the motions, you know, and they yep. it, it belong to, I think, I think they said it belonged to an uncle and uh, you know, that had recently passed away and they just, they just wanted it gone. You know, they just wanted the space, uh, which is why they were selling it. And, you know, I said, right. I said, how much, how much are you guys looking to get out of this? You know, they're like 50 bucks. Like, we don't, it's not about the money. We, just, we want it gone. So I'm looking this thing over and I'm looking for every reason I can find not to buy this thing. Cracked head stocks, you know, something. You know, unfortunately, right. the strip finish was not going to do it. And, you know, and my store manager was standing right next to me. He was doing the exact same thing. And I flipped it over and, and you know, just to look at the back and, and I glanced at the back of the headstock and then I kind of did a double take. And I noticed the back of the headstock had a, had a stamp five digit serial number. And I was like, this might not be what I thought it was, you know? So I told the, I told the, you know, the gals that brought it in, I said, I want to make sure that I get this right. Do you guys have some time? Because I want to, you know, I want to, I want to consult with a, with a couple of experts out in our Hollywood location, you know, just to make sure that I've got, you know, that I'm looking at what I need. So, you know, I go through the motions, you know, not the motions, but, you know, I go through proper procedures and I take the pictures and send them out to the vintage guys in Hollywood just to make sure, sure enough, it comes back. It's a 54. Yeah, uh, it was 1954 Les Paul Jr. and uh, and the <laughs> I'll never. I don't want that have piece you, of have shit. Have you dealt with anybody out there? Have you dealt? Have you dealt with anybody out there, Jim? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So already there's, but Brian, I think Brian Hall is now the uh, the man, you know, like the, one of the upper managers out there. Uh, and Brian's a great guy. Yeah, we were talking to Brian about it, and uh, you know, you you know, when you got Brian on the phone, you know, he's just a pretty. Uh, pretty professional and uh, uh, you know pretty straightforward. And uh, he says, "Yeah, you know, why, why don't we see if we can, uh, you know, me and 
my, you know, Mester, Jeremy Mester, my store manager at the time, both we got him on speakerphone. And Brian says, yeah, well, why don't we see if we can get it for uh, get it for thirty five hundred and put it out for forty nine ninety nine. You know, and Metzger goes, are you sure? I, I can get it for 2500 <laughs> Brian Hall goes, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, so we went, you know, so he said, well, yeah, if you can do it, do it. So, you know, we, you know, so we decided, you know, to, in order to move it faster, you know, get it for 25 and, uh, you know, offer 25 and put it out for $39.99. So we went out, you know, so we're making the same margin, of course, but. You know, so we went out and I, I, I had brought the guitar back out in my hand. I said, now, uh, I said, unfortunately, I cannot give you $50 for this guitar. What you have here is a vintage 1954 Les Paul Jr. Would you accept $2,500? And I'm sure you can imagine. Yeah, it's like, their face. yeah their, their face is what? Down yeah, payment exactly. of a car. <laughs> so, I just got a new yeah, yeah. So, you know, they had no idea what they, you know, of course, they gladly accepted it. And, you know, we sold, you know, I think it was yeah. awfully full a week later and it was gone. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. and, you know, they made way more than they were expecting. And, uh, you know, of course, we, you know, it, was, it turned out to be good for us too. Uh, I still, oh, yeah. I still wanted to sell, wanted to, wanted to give them thirty five and sell for five. But you know, no, I that's a bit of an inside that. joke. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that didn't sell to uh, Pari Smith, did it? <laughs> no, no, because <laughs> he would have um, just taken it apart. You know, it's like, <laughs> have I yeah, told you, you that story? That's what I was talking about. Yeah, as an inside joke. Yeah. Paul likes to buy really no, expensive he, vintage collectors' guitars that take them apart to find out how they tick. Yeah. That the 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 well, companies Gibson and Fender yeah. do the same thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, because when I sold Paul that uh, you know that that vintage Marshall, I, mean, the, I don't even know that he got he got to, uh, you know to tinker with that one because he had me send it over to uh, he's got there's a uh, I guess it's a well known vintage shop over in Japan. You know that you know that guy's a real good friend of his. Somebody named Naboo. Yeah, um, and, and that's where that's that was an eight thousand dollar vintage Marshall that he bought. He had us send that thing over there. So I don't know if Paul ever had a chance to tinker with it, but uh, but he told me the the reason why you know the reason why he buys all that stuff is because all the people that built those things are all dead. You know the only way that he can learn from learn how they you know learn from those guys is to right know, examine their work with uh, you know with a fine tooth comb. So. Um. Yeah. That's, All right. That was so an interesting story. <laughs> that was interesting. But uh, you know, so if I were going to give you any advice, Jim, it would be to take both of those two stories to heart. And well, you know, yeah. for anybody in the, you know, anybody in uh, you know, musical instrument retail. You know, that's yeah. you know, I, I've I've got plenty of my frustrations, you know, about about uh, you know the industry and you know, et cetera, et cetera. But um, you know, and I, and I, I think you years, like, but. That's what made I, I think you like me. Um, I look at it and I don't understand one the hate some customers have because we have great we have people like you. They have a passion for the music and they have a passion for what they do. Um, so that the the people that work there are great. Um, and number two, some of the people that used to be employees who go, you know, who who talk bad about it. And I think, you know. Um, and Jeff, I, I know you have your, your own thing and you have your own store and, and everything you guys do is, is great too. I'm just saying that, that it's not a bad job. It's just not a bad job. And I don't think the guitar center has really that bad of look at the, you know, as far as the way they treat the people and the way they treat, you know, you as a, as a, um, as a associate or as a assistant manager and now 
what you do for Musician's Friend, still the same company, the overall company. Mm. Um, good, good benefits. Good, uh, um, you know, good pay. Benefits pretty good. Benefits yeah. pretty good. Um, yeah. The you know, of course, you know the the employee discount is a pretty big part too. So, <laughs> oh yeah, um, and it's huge. Yeah, in a lot of yeah. you know, there's it's, it's better in, on some there's days some than others, but you know, of course, right. we can't get into details about that. But no, uh, but uh, but it's you know, it's it's definitely valuable. You know, yeah. um, <clears throat> it, it, it's I think you know the internet I think perpetuates a lot of it. You know, one person has a bad experience, you know, they go onto a Facebook group of 10,000 people and, you know, they tell everybody, and uh, you know, and it just, it just. It's all my fault. I cause it. And. (laughs) It is. It's David's fault. You know, but, you know, the flip side of that is, you know, there are a, you know, unfortunately, they're not able to, just because of the nature of the business, you know, there's, there's not a lot of money to be made on, you know, on most everything. In the live yep. business, I mean, profit margins are, are are unusually low, and yeah, yeah, and usually go even lower because so many people, you know, don't pay right. the price, you know, or wait, right. wait for the sale, or wait for the coupon, or whatever it is. Um, so because of that, you know, Guitar Center is not able to be quite as selective with their hiring. Uh, processes that once were, you know, and you, and it's, you know, I right. think it's great that, you know, they got a lot of young kids that are, um, you know, enthusiastic and wanting to get into the business, you know, for whatever their, you know, their motivation for doing so might be, um, you know, because I think, you know, the majority of the inexperienced associates that I see in the stores, I think, I think that they generally, most of them generally really do want to do well. Um, yep. But they're, you know, they have, you know, a lot of those stores, especially the newer stores don't have, the veteran staff to right. train them, you know, uh, you know, quite up to the right way. Right. You know, it, and, uh, you know, and that's, that's why a lot of people like to go to, you know, especially pro players like us, you know, that so many, so right. many people like us prefer to go to the, you know, the smaller private owned, you know, mom pops because, you know, they've got people behind the counter there that have been doing it for 10, 15, 20 years. And in yep. a lot of cases more. So, um, there, you know, there's, there's just not, you know, unfortunately, there's not as many, and and every store is different. We'll say every store. When I bought my Majesty from the Boston store, uh, a couple of, you know, last, but uh, going on a year and a half ago now, the guy that sold it to me, his employee number was zero zero something, and the store manager, wow. yeah, the store manager of that of that store, because I called. I, at, you know, because that guy did such a great job, I wanted to call. I called the store manager a week after I got it uh, to commend him, and I talked to the GM, and that and the GM's employee number was zero zero something, and, it, <laughs> and he and he told me that they were the only two left in that store that been around that long. But I mean, those are twenty those are twenty year guys. Yeah. Um, at this point, so yep. Just to put people that in perspective, folks, my number is one two zero. Mm. So. My, I'm I'm o, I'm o six three, so so yeah. I'm, um, I'm an o six three. We're we're hitting our two hour yeah. mark. I want to go ahead and take us out. So uh, I've been David. Well, let's let's uh, give a, a shout out to the guys. So Jeff oh. is from Good Time Music, of course. In uh, again, where where is it located? Yeah, we're in Streamwood, Illinois, for twenty six years now. Yeah. As of last week. And Robert, of course, from Robert's Guitar Dungeon. 
And then these two idiots, Jim and Dave. Yeah. What a poor, what a pair of morons. <laughs> like the one that just tries to cut everybody like, off and like end the show. Should I change the name of my channel to, you know, Robert's Slide Whistle Dungeon? <laughs> if, you, if you haven't checked out Robert's Guitar Dungeon on YouTube, you should. Yeah. Uh, you'll see him playing Slide Whistle and it's wonderful. And that's one of the funniest episodes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now I can take us out. I've been David. I've been Jim. I've been Robert. I've been Jeff. And tonight, we have been the Practical Guitarists. All right. Oh, good.